You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Converse brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. An Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. Jordan gets two. Gilmore. Oh, 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 Hello, and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA podcast at thepodiumgame.com. I am Jason Mann, and with me as always is Rich Krejci. Rich, great to be with you. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm excited to uh, tackle this subject. We are at uh, Kobe Week at uh, Harvard Paroxysm, and we're going to have our little contribution talking about the, uh, the Shaq and Kobe years and what years they were. Yes, yeah, we, we kind of wrestled with the idea of what we should do for Kobe Week. Do we want to do a career retrospective, which, I mean, <laughs> we don't know. Their career's not done yet, so it's kind of weird to sort of do that. Uh, we have no idea, you know, what, what the future's going to hold for him or what's going to happen. So that seemed kind of weird. We didn't really figure out, you know, what was the best plan of action. Then we sort of, in, in a little bit of our research, we kind of discovered this too. Not a lot of people, surprisingly, like shockingly, have done a lot of work on the Kobe Shaq feud. Like not a lot of not a lot of like long pieces. There's not a book out there. I mean, when you, when it was going around, like that's all you heard about for a long time. I remember watching is like that was a focal point. But then since then, everybody seems to have distanced themselves, and nobody really does anything about it anymore. So we thought that'd be kind of an interesting take is to to look at that feud and and yeah, kind, what happened and how it happened and everything. Yeah, kind of a, with, so. a full look at it as much as we can get here on uh, on the podcast. But yeah, I definitely uh, yeah, I feel like we did you know maybe more digging on this show than we've done for almost anything. So. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I, I'm glad there, there's you know, definitely been lots written about it, but not much in detail and certainly nothing comprehensive. So I think, uh, you know, there's Phil Jackson's book on um, 
on the 2004 probably the you know the best thing that's written about there's a couple of other books that we'll talk about that have at least you know have talked about it you know within elements of a larger book but you know as far as just looking at this whole team and, and you know and especially the the, the pre-phil lakers you know because the, they because shack and kobe were together for three seasons before phil came along yeah. and um you know actually had some pretty good teams but you know didn't get it done in the playoffs and um they were chokers yeah they were they, were, they did not know how to win shack needed to learn how to win that was, to how to win. that was the problem yeah <laughs> but luckily phil taught him how to win so he's a choker yes yes uh kobe too apparently i'm joking we're joking well, about yeah we obviously but you know if, if this is your first time listening to us uh, sometimes we are tongue in cheek about a lot of stuff. We are. So in case you uh, yeah. are wondering, usually it has to deal with championship narratives and rings and all that sort of sure. stuff. We're usually very tongue in cheek about defining players' careers solely by the amount of championships it, they won. So. Yeah, we, we don't like to do that. We like to we like to look at the you know the whole picture. You know, rings are nice. Don't get me wrong. I don't. Uh, I'm not a, especially when they have Z's on right, them. Especially ab- when there's multiple absolutely. Z's. Absolutely. But uh, and you know three in a row. That's that is good company. That's a lot well. of Z's. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Four four Z's in total for Shaq and uh, five Z's in total for Kobe. Yeah, so. That's, that's a lot of Z's, yeah. Or is it six for Kobe? Uh, it's just five. Is it just five? Okay, that's it's right. right, right yeah, okay. so they're the combined. They're two behind Russell. So, so it, if they just combined, if they just forces combined, if they just could have stayed together, yeah. Right? Uh, well, that I mean, that, that is something where I think we should, we should definitely <laughs> yeah, talk we, about because we should. Um, I think that, that is important. But yeah, I mean, basically, you know, they came together in the summer of 1996, which is a huge free agency year with just like a lot of craziness. Like it rivals any of the great free agency years of all time. And the biggest thing was Shaq moving on from Orlando after only four seasons, uh, going to the Lakers um, to uh, and a major deal that uh, Jerry West made. That summer was to um, was to trade Vlade Divac, who was a good center at the time, for the rights to uh, Kobe Bryant, who was 18 years old and who um, he was just coming out of high school at a time when high schoolers going to the NBA was just something that was kind of starting. Um, Kevin Garnett was the first major name to do so, and and Kobe was was right, right along with him, and. Um, but it was definitely considered, you know, just a huge risk at the time um, because, you know, here's this high school kid who's probably not going to contribute real soon. And this is a team that has a design and a championship. And there was definitely some thinking at the time of like, oh, you know, what are they doing? But obviously it worked out pretty well. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, and I remember a little bit at the time of because I was, you know, still pretty early in my NBA fandom at the time. But I remember a lot of the the discussions and all that stuff was and we, we sort of take it for granted now knowing what Garnett turned into and knowing what Bryant turned into and knowing, you know, the the, the pedigree and the lineage of, of, of decent high school players. But, man, at that time, it's still a super, super risk. Like, I, I think we're really undermining or I think people undermine how big of a risk the Lakers took by saying, you know what, Vladi Divac, who's, who's an established, decent center and all that sort of, and, yeah. and just sending him off for an absolute unknown kid. Yeah. You know, like and, and scouting isn't where it was, you know, now. I mean, that that was a huge risk, huge, huge, huge yeah, risk. Even if you. Oh, like, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, apparently he really impressed Jerry West during a workout, yeah. you know, said that he was as good as Eddie Jones had been like as a senior or maybe even better than Eddie Jones had been as a senior in college, just being a high school senior. So. Yeah, and that and that's that's something you do hear about about Kobe as he kind of jumped off the page. Garnett, you know, similarly his high school season, you know, his last year, you know, of high school was uh, unbelievable. And yeah, so it's it's we kind of take it for granted how big of a risk and how big of a deal it was that these guys were, you know, 
pretty big names. I mean, this was the first time in a long time. And, and then it kind of the next 10 years was just filled with like, you know, near stars or stars coming out from high school. Some busts here and there. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it was a, man, a monumental risk for the Lakers to do that, especially as you mentioned, a team that had title aspirations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's Jerry West has put himself out there for that. He really, really yeah, is. And, yeah. And, um, you know, Del Harris is the coach for the first three seasons and they end up uh Parting ways in the 99 season, uh, Phil Jackson is hired in 2000, Kobe coming, you know, into he's 21, 22 at that point is, you know, cemented as an all-star, all-NBA player, you know, um, you know, be, becoming really, you know, at the level, he would grow to higher levels later, but becoming the player that we all know, you know, as, mm-hmm. you know, becoming the superstar player, there's clashes of egos between him and Shaq. Shaq's still, you know, he's 28, still uh, dominant, you know, probably the best player in the league, you know, uh, at his peak at that point. And, um, and so as that grows, the, the egos have to be balanced, but they end up just, you know, being s- such a great tandem that they're able to win three championships and uh, go to a fourth finals before it all just I- implodes um, in, you know, in almost record time, I guess, for, you know, a, a great <laughs> team like that. So, yeah, I mean, it was really I mean, and, and there were signs throughout that old last year that it, that it probably wasn't going to last very long. But it just seemed to happen because that team was 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 really, really good. And they, you know, obviously the fight that, you know, the favorites to win the NBA finals, they lose. And then the whole thing just implodes like immediately. And it, it's in a lot of ways, it's similar I, I I see a lot of similarities, not not necessarily in the in the amount of success of that last Bulls team, the last Phil Jackson, Michael, you know that Bulls team, where people there's a narrative going around, you know that that you know the the, the team could have had more years and all that sort of stuff, but it was pretty well known that that was kind of kind of be the last you know the last hurrah, and and I, you felt that way with the Lakers team too. It was like you know even if they win a championship, I wonder if it would have changed. It felt like just everything had to kind of go, or everything had to move, or there was just a something just needed to change with that whole nucleus of, of Jackson and Shaq and Kobe. I mean, there the world wasn't big enough for those three at the same time. Yeah, anymore, I mean, so. I think the difference between them at that point and then the Bulls at the point you know where they were is you know Jordan's in his you know mid to late thirties, sure. Pippen's in his mid to late thirties, you know Rodman's out of the league in a year or two. Um, um, you know, like they're, you know, everyone on there was, you know, was significantly older than 30 and they, they weren't going to have, you know, they, they might have had another season or two of, you know, being pretty great. But, you know, they went out at, at probably at the right time where like, you know, the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe, Shaq was, you know, showing signs of age, but they still, you know, they could have had another legs, at least when it comes to you know, pure talent on the floor. Sure. And so. Yeah, and Kobe wasn't even. I mean, you could argue he wasn't even. You know, a few years away from his prime at that yeah. point, which is is pretty stunning to remember. Is that you know when we were doing research here and they're talking about two thousand and two thousand one and all that stuff, and he's like twenty two, and I'm like, man, I forgot that he was like, he's still that young. I mean, you you kind of you watch those games and it seems like a veteran. It seems like a poised, you know, Kobe Bryant. Then you forget, man, that guy's like twenty one years old at that time or twenty two, twenty three. It's like it's unbelievable that it would still be until the, like the, almost the mid to late two two thousands that he was really in his you know, what she would call a prime. So that that's incredible. What, and, and you forget that with the high school players of just how, how awesome they could be if they get good right away. Like, like you get that with LeBron too, where you're just like, Oh man, he was like 23 years old and he was that good. Like, yeah, that's impressive. I mean, so yeah, you know, it obviously takes a while to learn like the league and to, to evolve. And mm-hmm. it, you know, that's kind of the, one of the arguments for, you know, letting guys not necessarily join the league at 18 years old, but yeah, when you get the right one, I mean, they can, you know, they can pretty much, come in right away and contribute. I mean, you've got somebody who's just so young and, and mm-hmm. you can have them for a long time. So, um, yeah. And 
So, I mean, there's a lot, we're going to look at a lot of stuff on here. Uh, you know, I just, obviously the um, relationship between um, Shaq and Kobe, you know, Shaq, even though he's kind of the older guy, he's more of the goofball and Kobe is more of the serious guy, even though he's younger. Mm -hmm. um, how, you know, the kind of the reasons behind um, it, uh, it, it falling apart, you know, one of them being that, you know, Kobe essentially helped scuttle a dynasty because he wanted to be the man. He wanted to have like the, um, and the credit. And I, I think that is, I think that that is a reason why people love Kobe and a reason why people hate him. Different people. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's just that sort of says it all right there. And um, we're gonna look a little bit about how much the uh, Lakers supporting cast mattered. I mean, the interesting thing about them through all those seven seasons and even in the championship years themselves is they shuffled in and out a lot of guys, a lot of different guys. Yeah, we sort of we we, we sort of take for granted that it's like you know Rick Fox and Derek Fisher and that sort of stuff. And and it was to an extent, but it wasn't. I mean, there was a lot of guys that went in and out, yeah, uh, in and out of there that that really you forget until you really look at the roster you're like oh yeah eddie jones was there for like uh, i mean glenn rice you know was 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 a, a big part of them winning the first championship like you kind of forget that because i i sort of i always kind of think of that and that might be because when i really started watching more i think of the Derek fisher you, you know rick fox Shaq, you know robert ori that's the the core that i think of and that, sure. that's really not it though i mean that, that's yeah that's only the last one that's only one of the final i mean, ones. I mean you know that, that's... The, the kind of the five guys you mentioned were you know uh Shaq, kobe ori fisher and fox were there pretty much the whole time um and then you know and then there's kind of a bunch of other guys who kind of shuffle in and out and you know some of them are real important some of them are kind of you know like uh, okay yeah one year or two but um some are reuben patterson and samaki Washington. sure right <laughs> exactly so um but but yeah i mean it's um it is kind of interesting to look at at how they were able to kind of still you know um maintain you know a, a top level despite um shuffling in, in eyes guys and i you know part of that is obviously they found the right guys to fit the system, you know, particularly the, the triangle years. And also I think a lot of that just is talks about like how potent the Shaq and Kobe combination was. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and each one of them really, cause I mean, there's, there's obviously people that have their favorites and I, I've always been a, a much bigger Shaq fan than a Kobe fan, but I mean, come on, you, you, and, and I get in arguments with people on Twitter all the time about the effectiveness of a versus B and who was more important or whatever and all that sort of stuff. Basically what you have to look at is that that is an all time great duo. And, and, and both of those guys contributed in their own ways, did their own thing. And, and, and they don't win a title with one or the other. I don't think it, it, it a lot of it was those two combined at the same, I mean, but Shaq, Really stands out to me of that time, whereas I, I really enjoyed Kobe and I, I thought he was really fun in that time. But I really thought Shaq was just something else. When you watch him against the guys that had to guard him, you know, in those NBA finals, you know, like the Todd McCulloch's of the world or whatever. Those guys did not stand a chance against Shaq. I mean, he was just so when he was on, nobody could stop him offensively. Yeah. And, and, and the interesting thing is like that's definitely like Shaq at, at his peak. But there were times during. You know, like, like I, the, the thing I thought that was really interesting looking back at Shaq's career is like how many games he missed per season. Mm -hmm. Like he really he, you know, very few seasons did he play like almost a full season. Um, Like he would you know, he was good for missing, you know, 15 games a year or so just because, you know, little ailments here and there or, you know, big ailments here or there. I mean, that that is one thing you, you got to say about Kobe is, you know, he pretty much played um, always there. He was, yeah. You know, he had a couple of seasons where he had some injuries, but for the most part, like he was there, you know, um, for the whole time. And, um, you know, I, I do think that I, I think that if Kobe had not been there and had been Shaq and they had built, you know, like basically the same team around here with even like a fairly 
good second star. I think mm-hmm. that check, I think they still win championships, probably not three in a row, but I do think they're still a championship caliber team. I think if Shaq's not there, I think it's much more difficult to do that. Now, now I'm not trying to, I mean, Kobe was really great and he became really important, especially as those, that those years went along. But I do think, I, I mean, I agree that, that Shaq was clearly at the time, you know, the, the great, you know, incredible player who was carrying things and Kobe was important and, you know, did a lot of great stuff and, sure. and, and made them better, but w- didn't really excel fully into his greatness until after Shaq left. Agreed. Yeah, I, I'm right with you there. I think I think they complement each other well in it. And I all kind of say that I think. But, yeah, when you when you really think about it, when you look at Shaq compared to his peers at that time and what's going on in the NBA at that time, I mean, you have obviously still have a, a Tim Duncan who's who's kind of growing into himself. I mean, he, he wins the title right away, but a lot of that was he still needed a little bit of work and refining and that sort of stuff. And Robinson had started to get a little old and and that sort of stuff. And they obviously hadn't bring Parker. And, but you look at the other league and you look around at the, the other teams that were really what you would call competitive teams at that time. I mean, it's you'd be hard pressed. I mean, I, I'm trying to think in your scenario of Kobe off the team and Shaq, you know, just by himself with a few other guys or whatever. I mean, there's there's not a lot of teams I would really pick that would still beat them. You, you know, like yeah. you have the kind of the really old Houston team. I don't think that team had a you know any chance. Uh, you know, in the East, you have the Pacers and and you know the Sixers and the Nets and the, and and we. Re- I mean, that was a time where it really felt like Shaq was so head and shoulders above everybody else. And then the combination of Shaq and Kobe were just you know. Just lights out. I mean, and, and their finals records prove that. I mean, oh, they yeah. were just and and their playoff records in a lot of ways too. I mean, they and, and they clearly turned it up during the play. I mean, that, sure. they they were. I don't know if if you could get away with that as much in the league today. Um, I think just the league has changed to the point where like you you I, I don't think taking off the um you, you know um I don't think taking off the regular season trying to turn on the playoffs is as as successful of a strategy today. I mean, you you can certainly. You know, we have the resting things and, you know, we, we we have some of that today. But I still think like most of those teams still like play at a high level, even when they're occasionally sitting. Right. Guys. I, I but it, I mean, it's still impressive. And, and who knows? You know, I mean, it it would be pretty hard for anybody to beat a, a team with peak Shaq and really good Kobe and, you know, yeah. and, and playing a smart, you know, um, you know, um, with Phil Jackson at the height of his powers as well. So. Yeah, it was just it was just so hard to find somebody to guard Shaq. I mean, that yeah. that was even your even your good defenders at that time, like you know your Dikembe Mutombo's, your Hakeem Olajuwon, they they had really gotten old at this point, yeah. really weren't as effective. I mean, that and then you just had like big men scrubs. I mean, that that's what I remember about the early two thousands, the late nineties. There was just so many big men scrubs that are like, you are terrible. Like like good guys, like really nice dudes, but man, like you're you're. You look at the finals, and man, you had Greg Ostertag and Luke Longley and Todd McCulloch and Jason Collins and like Aaron Williams, and it's like, ugh, you know, just bad, oh, man. Well, I mean, yeah, bad big long, a lot of bad long big the Shaq, but you know, of the young big guys, that yeah, it was kind of the the older, you know, Ewing was was. Uh, Ewing, yeah, I've heard was to, toward the end. Hakeem was toward the end. You know, um, yeah, you're right. It's it sort of the, the, that great age of centers, kind of in the early '80s and late or late '80s, early '90s, kind of petered out. But so, yeah, um, you 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 have a good note here about kind of where Shaq and Kobe rate among you know some of the greatest duos of all time. 
Yeah, so I wanted to look at, hit, at this. Normally, I wouldn't do combined win shares or like total win shares because that obviously will, will will help guys out if they're you know together for a long time. But I kind of looked at win shares for famous duos and, and try to see where Kobe and Shaq line up. And I thought it was a decent idea to at least keep you know raw win shares in there as opposed to win shares per forty eight or, or or some other metric because I think longevity is a big part of that as well. I think being you know together for a long time, being really good while you're together for a long time is is, is important. I really do. So I wanted to look at at sort of where they rank all time and a lot of this you'll, you'll see it a lot of it deals with you know playing for a long time with with that teammate but mm. um you know kobe shack they're 170.6 win shares combined during their you know 10 years together uh, other guys um magic and kareem they had 253.2 win shares uh as a team so very 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 high uh, they're our highest or second highest on the list rather of ones that i found of literally like impressive duos uh bird mckayle they uh 244.9 i had them for win shares surprisingly enough and i don't know if if, if you would have expected this you, you might but uh parish and bird actually had higher win shares during uh the the bird mckayle era than uh, bird that doesn't entirely surprise me because mckayle was more of a reserve um mm-hmm. kind of earlier in the 80s so and he kind of i think 84 or 85 was when he kind of really uh i mean he was a good player before then but i think he right. really picked it up around then so um it does surprise me a little bit but not like hugely you know yeah so uh, other ones uh bob uh, uh bob russell bill russell and bob cousy <laughs> Uh, they were uh, two twelve point nine, so they were yeah. a little bit lower. And they were together uh, and like the, seven seasons, maybe. I would. Guess. Yeah, there wasn't very yeah, much there. Can, I mean, that that really, if I did a win shares per forty eight or, or did some other thing where I sort of accounted for how long you're with each other, yeah. I have to think that they would be because you look at those other guys. I mean, those guys were together for a long amount of time, and Russell and Kuzi were not really that. You yeah, know, seven eight years it, probably, at least. Yeah, yeah, not not nearly as much as those guys. Uh, Jordan Pippen were uh, two seventy one point five. Yeah. Uh, then I don't have this listed here, but Stockton and Malone were somewhere in like the 480s or some ridiculous <laughs> number. But like that's like, come on, like yeah. they had like 10 years on every single one of these duos. Right. So yeah, so they like, I mean, that's where I was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, maybe this study's kind of stupid. Well, but, it's interesting. But, I, I, I mean, yeah, but I think there's something to be to said conclude, for, for. But, but yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, yeah, Magic Kareem were r- roughly 10 years. Bird and McHale, I think, were 12, 13 years. Um, and Jordan Pippen were obviously, you know, uh, 13, 14 years. I would, uh, I would say, of course, Jordan missed a couple years out of that, but. Um, so I guess I guess they they were closer to ten or eleven now. I've, I guess if you subtract the um, mm-hmm. baseball um, uh, hiatus, so <laughs> excursion, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Stockton alone were twenty five years. I, I don't even know how many years. Nineteen <laughs> years, I think, or eighteen or nineteen years. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's great. They're the best ever. Yeah, I mean, I they were pretty guys. great. You know. Uh, uh, and then I, I wanted to look at Duncan and Robinson and a few other ones, but those really, I mean, they really didn't have lifts because they were only together four or five years, really, when you, when you think about yeah, it. And, I mean, Duncan, there was a few other teams, too. Like, uh, Dumars and Isaiah were, were pretty high as well, but not nearly as high as these guys. Sure, the, the, sure. Um, yeah, I, I would guess Baylor and West probably would be uh, would be pretty strong as well. That would be another yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, forgot to, I forgot to look them yeah. up, and I, I kind of asked some people as well what they thought their best duos of all time. And we, we mentioned it on Twitter. We didn't get a whole lot of you know resistance to Kobe and Shaq being one of the best duos of all time. Yeah, and, well, and the success you know probably plays a big part of that. I mean, the, the, of the years they were together, I mean, they were almost always you know <laughs> surefire title contenders or at least right there. I sure. mean, so that, that's sure. that's impressive. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll get into the uh, the early years of uh, Shaq and Kobe if you are ready. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So I just took a drink of water. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I spit all over my laptop. Yes, I am ready. That was, that was good. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. right before the uh, b- before the summer of '96, they had been 
kind of, you know, a pretty strong mid-level playoff team in 95 and 96. They had a nucleus of Elton Campbell, Cedric Sabalos, Nick Van Exel, Nick Van Exel, Vada Divat, and Eddie Jones. Del Harris had been their coach. Um, and actually, Magic Johnson had come back and played 32 games at the end of the 96 season. Um, so they won 53 games. They, you know, made a, a, a decent little playoff run. I mean, not like terrific, but you know, I think they, I think they were out in the second round. So although magic, uh, absolutely hated playing for, Oh, actually I take it back. I was thinking, I was thinking of his coaching, um, stint, which was like 94 ish, um, that he absolutely <laughs> hated 96 did have, it had Van Axel, but, and Debot, but I think some of the other guys were new. So he might've actually enjoyed playing with them a little bit more. Um, I forget off the top of my head, but anyway, he enjoyed it. What's what's the worst magic? Here, let's do a Magic Johnson power ranking here. What's 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 worse? Or maybe you can do you know one through four. Uh, magic Johnson, the TV host. Uh, magic Johnson, the television announcer. Uh, the play or the you know the the color announcer. Uh, magic Johnson, the, the the coach, or Magic Johnson, the nineteen ninety six returning player. I think ninety six returning player. I would put first because he actually played pretty well. Like I mean, he was like mm-hmm. you know he was kind of like just like a a, a power forward. Yeah, he was he was fat, but I mean he, <laughs> right. he did pl- like he, can, everything considered, he played pretty well. So I'll give him that. Um, uh, I would probably put let's see. Um, I would <laughs> put tough. probably I, put is... TV announcer next. And then he wasn't awful. And then, he was he was he was he wasn't Isaiah bad, but he was he was better than that at least. Coach after that, and then TV show after that. that <laughs> that's what I yeah I I would wow guess, yeah. Um, I mean the yeah I mean it, yeah, it, wasn't, it was a bad. Show. It was not a magical hour, you know. That's. <laughs> That's all I have to say. So, well, that's good. Well, you can play at home, everybody. If you're listening, in. It, it, feel free to uh, exactly send us your Magic Johnson uh, bad power rankings. Right. So. Right. So they, um, so the, uh, during the off season, they of course lost Givot, added Shaq and Kobe. They also added Robert Ori, um, who I think was traded for Sabalos, um, or it would have been a. I'm sorry, he would not have been a rookie. It would have been like he would played for Houston for a couple of mm-hmm. seasons. Uh, I think actually moved on to Phoenix and then was traded to Phoenix for Sabalos or traded from Phoenix uh, for Sabalos and Derek Fisher. Uh, they also had Jerome Kersey, uh, who we mentioned our last podcast, uh, brought Byron Scott back. Um, Travis Knight was another rookie and Corey Blunt. So those were the, um, uh, those it was reshuffled deck. Um, although Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Eldon Campbell are still there. Uh, they win actually three more games than the previous year, which is, I guess is a little bit of a surprise considering, um, you know, you're essentially swapping Shaq for Vlade Divac, but you have a lot of new faces. You lose Sabalos. I mean, I, I guess I can kind of see where it wouldn't be there. Uh, they ended up being the fourth seed in what was an extremely close playoff race. Um, and then they uh, they won their first round against the Blazers, but then they fell in the second round to the number one 64 win Jazz team that made the finals. So given where they were, that that makes perfect sense that that would happen. Yeah, I was looking. At, I was looking at the Robert Ory trade here real quick because I, I don't remember his Phoenix Suns tenure all that much. No, he he did obviously he did play for them. Uh, he was in the initial Charles Barkley trade to to the Rockets. Ah, that, That's what brought him to the Suns, okay. and then from the Suns he he was a mid deal, uh, a mid season trade rather, uh, January tenth or not maybe not mid, a little bit earlier mid season uh, traded by the Suns with Joe Klein to the Lakers for Cedric Sabalas and some guy named Ramil Anderson. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Robinson, Ramil Robinson. Okay, and there you go. I don't know who Ramil Robinson is, but. I uh, remember obviously he um, he played for Michigan. He was oh a, uh, no, I know yeah, him. Yeah, 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 never he mind. He was a uh, he played he was drafted by the Hawks. He was kind of a bust. Um, he was a good college player. He, right? Yeah, he was a good college player. He um was I, I recently watched the last game. It was Game Five of the Nets uh, Cavs series from '93 playoffs. 
it was it would have been Drazen Petrovic's last game. So mm-hmm. uh, he was a point guard for the Nets in that game. So he didn't do anything of note, but um, I was like, I oh, he was still in Michigan. Yeah, Michigan product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him from college now. Okay, there you go. Move on. So memories. Ramil Robinson. Uh, <laughs> who thought? Who thought there was going to be a Ramil Robinson reference, reference in this who, podcast? You did not be big. Guarantee you didn't think that when you clicked this link. So here you are. Who would have thought? So, <laughs> so some of the some of the I think the interesting things about uh, the relationship between Shaq and Kobe initially, which was not good to, to begin with. Like it did not take long <laughs> for uh, them to sort of not like each other. There's um, Shaq. His book, 2001 book, uh, Shaq Uncut, which was written with Jackie McMullen, basically says that, like, he was talking about hazing and that, you know, so the rookies were kind of hazed pretty badly and that maybe they went a little bit too far with it. And then one of the rookies, Derek Fisher, just took it. The other rookie, Kobe Bryant, ratted us out to Jerry West. <laughs> um, meanwhile, um, he didn't like, he also didn't like that Kobe, as a rookie, boasted that he would lead the Lakers in scoring and be the best player in the league. And, um, and meanwhile, Jerry West criticized O'Neal's leadership for hazing Bryant that season, which I guess, you know, Bryant being his uh, his pet project, so to speak, he would not be happy about that. Um, and then also uh, when Kobe came in, he sort of kept his uh, this is from uh, the Roland Lazenby book, uh, the show from 2006, which is actually a full history of the Lakers, but obviously talks about these Lakers and um said Kobe kept his teammates at a distance, answering non-basketball questions with a one or two response. And Shaq told the Lakers when Brian arrived that I'm not going to be babysitting. Um, and Shaq also, <laughs> uh, he praises um, Kobe in his book, saying that uh, I'm going to be the number one scorer for the Lakers. I'm going to win five or six championships. I'm going to be the best player in the game. And then um, and then Shaq says, oh, I was like, OK, whatever. Then he looked me right in the eye and said, I'm going to be the Will Smith of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite quote ever. <laughs> I like, see, I, I like, I do, I guess it depends on how you feel about Will Smith, but I guess Will Smith being extremely successful, <laughs> you know, that makes yeah. sense. But. Well, what's weird is though, at the, well, no, I guess, no, never mind. At this time, this is, this is, uh, you know, Independence Day. Will, Cause I was going to say, Will Smith hadn't quite, but now I, I forget now. It, this had to be post Independence Day, Will Smith, right? Cause yeah, like, that, that in was between, like, you're not going to say, I'm going to be, you're like, I'm not going to be the Will Smith, you know, like, after Fresh Prince. No. Like, he had done it. He was a movie yet. star. Yeah. He was, you know, one of the biggest movie stars. Yeah, this is, this is the big time Will Smith. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, that makes a little bit more yeah. sense. Cause I was thinking the getting jiggy with it era yeah. uh, of Will this Smith. This is the enemy but, no, of the we, state era, Will Smith. Yeah, so. yes. Which is obviously the best era of Will Smith. And it's but, a pretty good yeah. era. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, then he became kind of a shell. Sure. Sure. And now he's whatever the hell Will Smith is now. But, yeah. Well, he, 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 Brian are actually kind of at the same levels of their career aren't they sort of the fading yeah, they, star they really type are, thing yeah. yeah you know um it's weird that they hated each other so quickly like like just immediately Shaq's just like i like i'm not being yeah i, hate this I don't like, like yeah. you know it's just like man like just like well i mean i think kobe was pretty much was the same i could i mean it, he, he was snotty and egotistical and and he you know he thought he was better i mean he thought he was great um but i mean which is part of course like i'm sure the thing that drives him and makes him kobe and you know, like sure. that, you know, sort of like Jordan where like he has that, you know, asshole side to him. But that's part of like what, you know, makes makes him work. But um, so, yeah, he, he I mean, for his first season, he didn't actually play all that much. He did play sort of more um, toward the end of the season. He uh, had a good reputation as a dunker. He won the uh, 97 slam dunk contest. So, um, you know, but he was more uh, you. Know, he, he actually only made the all rookie second team. Um 
Of course, this was a pretty good year for rookies. The all-rookie first team was uh, Sharif Abdurrahim, Allen Iverson, Stefan Marbury, Marcus Camby, and Antoine Walker. And and Kerry Kittles and Ray Allen were also on the second team. This is the slam cover, in case you're curious. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's that year, That's yes. right, yeah. I mean, so it's a great class for rookies. Steve Nash is in it. You know, I mean, there's just a bunch of... Hall of Flame or great players who were in this rookie class. So it that's pretty crazy. And like not many of them became like true busts. You, you know what I mean? Like they had their one good year or something like that. Or I mean, those guys, they the guys that were pretty hyped were were all ended up being pretty good. Yeah. I mean that that's yeah, that's exactly a lot of times unheard of. I mean, even even, you know, we look at the the fame, you know, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, you know, you got the Darko in there that's like, ah, sure. gross. Like <laughs> this one is pretty good. This one's <laughs> Yeah. I go uh, gross at Darko. Sure. I, don't know if you do. I mean that might be a little strong, but <laughs> I mean I'm not you know, yeah, obviously, uh yeah. I loved him. I always wanted him. That was that was a, an NBA 2K, uh, you know, franchise must he was that very, I get Darko. Yes, he was good because I I made him. He was 25 a game for me. So I don't know why the NBA couldn't figure this out or why the NBA coaches couldn't figure it out because I got it. I was able to nail down Darko. But yeah. clearly, I'm I'm more better at my job. Clearly, so. you are. Clearly, you are better than any of the coaches. So who, uh, Larry yeah. Brown, yeah, Larry Brown, <laughs> uh, Doc Rivers, if you're listening any to this. the uh, any of the guys who had Darko on their team. So yeah, you guys all suck. I, I'm better than exactly. You. So. Um, so the next season, um, Kobe emerges as you know as as a strong player. He is a um, all star that year, along with uh, along with Shaq and Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones. So they ha- they have um, they have one of the few teams one of the few teams to ever have four all stars in one all star game. Uh, Shaq improved to the point where he went from third uh, All NBA to first team All NBA. Um, the Lakers added Rick Fox and lost a bunch of the old guys from the previous year. And they improved to uh, 61 wins and they went to the conference finals as the uh, number three seed. They, and they were like a game away from being like the, the, the one seed. It was, it was again, very close. Um, they topped the uh, Blazers and Sonics, but then were swept by the, uh, the jazz who were again, the number one seed. So, um, so they made the Western conference finals, you know, it was a, uh, it was a pretty strong playoff one. They certainly were um, up and rising, and it would have been really interesting to see this Lakers team play the uh, the Bulls in the finals. I'm, I'm sure that's what the NBA really wanted. Yeah, that would have been really really fun. Yeah, I, I was. That's always kind of a disappointment that we never got a true, you know, Shaq versus Jordan. You know, prime Shaq versus Jordan. I mean, obviously we got that in you know in the Magic days, but yeah, and then a Kobe versus Jordan. There's a lot of real fun that could have had from that, but that's all right. We got the Jazz yeah. again. So. Well, in fairness, the Magic did beat the uh, Bulls in the uh, '95 playoff. No, so. I think you're wrong. No, Michael Jordan never lost in the playoff. What are you talking about? I I don't know. I, I I his first year in the league, they won a championship, and then they won the next uh, eleven. That's I mean, except for the two years he took off. So never mind. It was eight minus two, eight. There you go. Eight titles. That makes sense. Everybody knows. This. Everybody knows why Michael Jordan's eight titles. Yeah. Come something on. Something like that. Um, he didn't play half the year. Come on. He wasn't ready. He wasn't in shape. <laughs> there you go. I'm sure that if. What I'm more do you sure need? I have all. I'm excuses. sure if they'd won the championship, it wouldn't have counted either. <laughs> so then the rest would have helped him. It would have been the rest helped him achieve. You know, whatever. Uh, so even though. Um, there's an interesting note in the Lazenby book that um, that Dell Harris thought that the NBA and NBC were overexposing Bryant, that he became more of a one-on-one player after the All-Star break, and they, his playing time ended up becoming reduced. He kind of struggled having a stretch where he made only 30 of 100 shots, and Shaq was just like wanted a championship immediately, didn't want to wait for Bryant to mature as a player. Um, and they ended up being swept, actually, in that. I forget if I said that. They were swept in that conference finals, so that was... Um, 
I think th- they weren't swept in 97, but they lost like, you know, like four games to one. They, it was mm-hmm. a, uh, yeah. So they, they did not perform well generally in those series against the Jazz. The Jazz certainly had their, had their number. I guess Ostertag was doing pretty well defensively against Jack. I suppose, yeah. Do we? Do you have the playoff numbers here? I was gonna. I'm actually just looking them up right now. I don't know if you already had them up. I was. I was curious. Yeah. I was like, huh. I mean, you kind of assumed that that he didn't. But uh, let's see here. Let's do fun little googling as there we're. There you go. Series stats. Always fun and when he, we're. Uh, let's see. Shaq had. Um, I mean, he had 31 points, uh, 9.3 rebounds uh, <laughs> during the uh, series. Although he only uh, he had 56%. I mean, that's not, that's that's fine. Um, <laughs> So uh, he wasn't exactly bad. Like uh, Kobe only had uh, ten points of those in 20, twenty-one minutes. Um, oh, okay. he, and he shot thirty-six uh, percent. Uh, Eddie Jones okay. well, was forty-one percent with fifteen points, uh, and no one else had had ten points per game. So, yeah, I don't think it was Shaq. Shaq had uh, 19, uh, 19 and eight the first game, thirty-one and seven the second game, thirty-nine and fifteen the third game, and then thirty-eight and seven. Uh, the fourth game, so I think he did his part. Yeah, but. Uh, two of the uh, one of those games was a huge blowout, but the other two, two of them were four points, and then one was eleven points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, the game one they lost by thirty-five, and Shaq was uh, three or six of sixteen, uh, oh of seven or uh, oh seven of sixteen from a free throw, and then yeah, that was nineteen points. Yeah, I, I, I guess we should that. mention the free throw shooting because that's sort of like the thing that like that just everyone was on Shaq about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't really think of a player who has gotten more flack for their free throw shooting than Shaq. And, and granted, it's not good. Um, I mean, it, it was really bad. But I do think, like, that may have been an obstacle for people really, truly appreciating Shaq for what he was. Sure, because he looked like, I mean, the guy that was so dominant and looked like you just couldn't stop him. You put him on the free throw line, and he's shaking and, like, quivering. And the ball, you have no idea where it's going to go. He has no idea if it's going to go. And it was weird. I remember, you know, in that era, too, you know, he'd have some games or, like, a stretch of games where he did everything. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. And then, like, the next game, he would hit nothing. And it was like, what do you, like, it just didn't make sense. But, yeah, it was so funny to see, like, this, you know, absolutely immortal player go up to that line and just and, and a lot of it it's similar to Wilt in that sense too where the Wilt could just do whatever he wanted on the court you put him on the free throw line and then they're like quivering and shaking and they have no idea what they're doing and it's 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 just weird but I guess I guess nobody can be immortal there always has to be at least one thing right yeah well Shaq's free throw percentage I think is actually better than Bill Russell's in his career oh really okay. I believe so 58 percent and I and Russell would be very very close to that I I, I don't mm-hmm. have it in front of me but um, so yeah, Bill, I guess winning 11 championships in 13 years. We'll, we'll cover that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, but no, it was a big thing. I mean, and, and the other crowds, but, and obviously yeah. Hackashai, we, we still know it as Hacka. I mean, everybody exactly. kind of says, oh, Hacka Dwight or right. Hacka, you know, yeah. whatever, but it's Hackashai. I mean, that, yeah. it's, it will always in my head be Hackashai. Sure. And, that, and that's where it comes from is that the fact that some teams realize, Hey, look, <laughs> we have a better chance of just following him and taking our chances there than actually, you know, having him shoot. Yeah. So that, that's, well, that, that was kind of one of the reasons why, like, um, I mean, Orlando, the Magic were upset when he left, but it wasn't, I mean, it was viewed as like a really important player leaving, but it wasn't necessarily, like, I don't think it was viewed in the same way like LeBron leaving Cleveland was. It just, mm-hmm. Like, not from, like, the hate perspective, but just from the importance perspective, because I just think that, like, like you know, people were like, well, Shaq's great, but he doesn't always take things seriously, and his free throw shooting is bad, so maybe it's not that big of a deal. You know, that that's, I think that was sure. the mentality in some circles. Uh, so the '99 season, uh, 31 and 19 in the uh, in the lockout season, uh, they were the fourth seed in the West. They take a, a bit of a step back. Uh, Del Harris leaves after a six and six start, and Kurt Rambis uh, finishes the uh, season 24 and 13. And 
A fun fact that I did not know, I believe this was from Wikipedia, uh, outside of a 10-game winning streak, they were 21-19 and in all of their other games. Not good. <laughs> no, well, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess 10-game winning streak is good, but um, the rest of it is not good. They um, they had a major midseason trade where um, Eddie Jones and uh, Campbell were traded to the Hornets for uh, J.R. Reed and Glenn Rice. B.J. Armstrong was technically in the trade, too, but he did not uh, play for the Lakers. They also added Derek Harper um, to the team, who was in his last season. They um, added... Um, Dennis Rodman for a, uh, a spell <laughs> during the uh, like I think like twelve games during the season. There was enough. There was enough for an SI article to be written about it, which we'll get into in just a minute. Um, and Van Exel was also traded in the '98 off season um, after his famous uh, one-two Cancun um, ch- chance. Uh, <laughs> after the uh, what, it was during one of the I think it was the last Utah jazz playoff game where um you know they're doing a huddle and uh, everyone says one two three says one two cancun i he said later he was just trying to make a, a joke just sort of like a gallus humor type thing and he didn't mean it <laughs> you know he wasn't he wasn't <laughs> trying to indicate that he was quitting on his team but they uh did not care for it so this is the old 73 jersey number rodman year as well, oh yeah that's right i forgot about that. terrible terrible jersey yeah. number one of the worst jersey numbers ever like like undisputed worst jersey number i think ever is it worse than 69 um, no, n- no, no, 69 is worse okay. because that's like trying to be fun. Like that, yeah. that's just, I don't like, know. If, I don't have person. a problem with 73. I mean, I know it's a little weird, but <laughs> it's just I, so odd. Yeah. It's like the most like you just see it and like, I don't know. It just makes me like, I like, I don't hate it. It just like makes me, it's just like, oh, what? Yeah. Like, you just kind of shiver a little bit. Like of, of all numbers, it's like the most, I don't know. There's something about it. It's something about that combination of seven and three. That's just ugly. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, hey, you know, <laughs> you don't like 73. It's something I, I now know. About I just record. don't like the number. Yeah, I don't like the there number. You go. I hate it. Um, so there's an article uh, sort of t- talking about the time in which Dell Harris is fired and Rodman and, and Rambis are in. Uh, they credit Rodman for like turning around the team and creating like a showtime atmosphere and creating excitement, which is just kind of funny c- considering how quickly he flamed out. But one thing that was really, really sad was Dell Harris like talking about that it's going away press conference that he'd hoped to dedicate the season to memory of his recently deceased parents which made me feel really bad for del harris ouch yeah <laughs> well too bad he, he was sorry, a yeah. uh, he he was a uh, or del, he was ordained minister which i didn't realize as well um and they didn't think it was speculated that maybe he would not have cared much for Dennis rodman so um and all the it talks it talked about like the other players who were happy to or interested to see what rodman were things like uh Kobe bryant says it's gonna be bananas uh dresses trips to vegas and uh Derek Harper was t- looking forward to uh, Rodman coming. He said, face it, he, a lot of people wish they had the cojones to do and say what he does. And um, and Shaq said that, you know, what he does is what I call home ba- homeboy marketing. He's very good at getting free telecommunications from you guys. And uh, also talking about Del Harris, uh, Kobe basically admitted that um, everyone had, some players had tuned him out from day one and that he too had tuned him out from time to time. So... <laughs> Um, poor Dell. Yeah. Um, uh, I was like, I was like, yeah, he was. I mean, you know, Lakers had some success, but I mean, obviously they made the right choice. Uh, well, maybe not so much for Kurt Rambis, but uh, the next season with uh, with with Phil worked out pretty well. Uh, in the more from the Lazenby book, I talked about how like Kobe was sort of like really physical during practice, and other players didn't like that. And there was a, 
a time. It was actually, I think, during the lockout where there was a two-on-two game involving them, and they sort of got, you know, in Kobe and Shaq got, got into it a little bit physical, and they just, you know, like Shaq slapped him. It, 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 not a huge issue, but just sort of an instance of a problem. And then um, during the season, the team would blame their problems on what they felt was uh, Kobe's selfish play. At one point, uh, Shaq pointed at him and told reporters in the locker room, there's the problem. Um, and then Shaq was asked whether he, if he helped Kobe through his growing pains. And he says, I try not to help guys out too much experience is the best teacher. Kobe's a great player. He's a new up and coming kid. So, uh, I, I like that. I think Shaq just has always sort of like that hands off like thing. Like, you know, I don't really want to do that. And then Rambis told Shaq, you know, to ask him to heal the rift and reach out to Kobe. And then Rambis said that Shaq gave him a, a blank cold stare. So to be fair, <laughs> I don't know if I'd listen to Kurt Rambis either. No, yeah, and that seems to be the theme of this year is that everybody just not listen to Kurt Rambis and, <laughs> on and, off. And, and granted, Kurt Rambis like later proved that demonstrated that he may have been like one of the worst coaches ever in NBA history. Yeah, so, so I, I could probably get where he like walks into the room and was probably just a bozo like, and everyone's uh, just like, oh, uh, again. <laughs> like you know? okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> so uh, sure, dude. Yeah. So they uh, again they lose in the uh, playoffs. Uh, they beat the Rockets in the first round. Uh, so they beat Scottie Pippen at least, and then they um, they s- were swept by the uh, Spurs in the West semifinals, which would be one of five series against the Spurs in the next uh, six years. So uh, the first one goes to the Spurs, but it's going to get changed very soon. So I uh, we're going to take a little break now, and uh, then we will uh, talk about the uh, peak title years for the uh, 2000s Lakers. I rhyme on a God level, the godliest artist. Y'all follow artists who target their audience, but not me. I target the artist, follow the target. Holding the strap, pointing at accents, and that's when I tell them, like Kobe the Shaq, you lazy and I'm tired of your jogging. Shoot at their feet to the dance. All right, we're back here on the Over and Back podcast talking the Kobe Shaq feud as a part of Kobe Week on the HP Basketball Network. Uh, we're now getting into the title years of the Kobe Kobe Shaq regime, and obviously that all hinders on Phil Jackson becoming a, the coach of the Lakers. Unfortunately, Kurt Rambis couldn't take him to the promised land, nor could uh, Del Harris or or anyone else like that. So it's, it, it eventually was Phil Jackson that was brought in. Um, this is a, a pretty interesting that, that he had come, and it was a big money deal. I mean, it was a big deal when he came in. It wasn't like, you know, he left the Bulls, and, and everybody still kind of assumed this guy was the, you know, the top coach. So it comes in on a huge deal. Uh, Kobe and Shaq were both totally in favor of doing that. And as we sort of mentioned in our previous segment, a year after having Kurt Rambis, it's probably like, you know what? We probably should get a guy who knows what the hell he's doing, right? Like, that would probably not be a bad idea. But yeah, Phil Jackson comes in, and that, that's really what turns the whole thing around in a, in a lot of ways, both personality-wise and, you, you know, on-court-wise as well. Yeah, and there was even talk of, like, when they fired Del Harris of, like, like um, Jerry Buss was openly, like, talking about Phil Jackson. Like, even when they hired Rambis, like, he even, like, kind of, like, left the door open for Phil Jackson. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Buss, f- for all his strengths as a um, as an owner, of which there are many, given their success, but he did have sort of a weird thing about not handling coaching changes very well. There was sort of a similar um, dynamic when they uh, switched from Paul Westhead to, um, to Pat Riley. Um, yeah. But... But yeah, but they, they, they end up working out most of the time anyway. So, um, yeah, so this is uh, the peak regular season year for the uh, Lakers. Um, they win uh, 67 games. Um, 
they uh, of course go to the win their first uh, NBA championship, Shaq's first and Kobe's first NBA championship, uh, beating the uh, Pacers in the playoffs. They beat the Kings in five games, beat the Suns in five games, and then um, beat the Blazers in seven games. They famously almost blew a three games to one lead, but then they um, ended up and, and were down like 18 in the second half in uh, game seven, the fourth quarter, I believe, and then uh, led a, uh, a big rally uh, punctuated by the uh, famous uh, Shaq to uh, Kobe, uh, or I was it Kobe to Shaq or Shaq to Kobe? It was Kobe to Shaq. Yeah, yeah, Kobe yeah, Shaq. Kobe Shaq. Yeah, duh. Okay, I couldn't remember it in my head for some reason, even though I've seen it many times. Um, uh, Alley oop. So uh, the big changes are um, Ron Harper, AC Green, and Brian Shaw are in, and every player from the pre-Shaq and Kobe uh, years are gone um out of the lakers um and from shaq's book uh he pointed out that ron harper was actually the uh, guy who really helped mediate the differences between um shaq and kobe particularly over kobe's uh, shot selection so Mm -hmm. uh also a uh, fun fact that i learned from uh, wikipedia the uh john sally who had a very small role on this uh lakers team uh (laughs) became the first player in nba history to play on three different championship winning franchises of course the uh, pistons and then the uh the 96 bulls or was it 96 97 bulls i think it was 96 bulls uh 96 was it i think i don't remember which one he was he was on one of the bulls anyway and then and then this team as well so uh, and then was he on two of the Bulls teams? Um, because the dude's got eight rings, doesn't he? I think he was on two of the Bulls teams. I could be completely wrong though. Uh, Let me, yeah, no, I, he doesn't have eight. I mean, he might have met at four, he'd either have four or five. I'm uh, I'm not positive about that, but I know Parrish is on the 97 one, and I think Sally and Edwards were in 96, but I don't think Sally was 97 for some reason. Let's see, uh, 95 96. You were correct. Okay, okay there you go. So go me. Um, there you go. He's only at four. I thought he had way more. Oh, he's only got four rings? You know, only four. I mean, it's still pretty good. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. I thought he had a bunch more, though. I thought he, like, piled up, like, random. I, I felt like he was on, like, random teams. that Like, I felt like he, he got all three of those Lakers once without, like, doing anything. But I guess not. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Um, everything I've known about John Sally is a lie. Everything is a lie. Yeah. Um, it's okay, though. I, I, I'm here to help you with your John Sally. Thank you. I, I, I don't even know what to believe in anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so Shaq is the MVP this year. It's like his only MVP, which is weird to think about. Like, oh yeah, he's only one time yeah. and he and he and Kobe each only have one MVP, you know? And it, you know, it's largely circumstance. I mean, I, I think you, you could definitely say that Shaq, um, he should have had it in 2001 too over Iverson. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I understand the reasons Iverson got it, but, and then, uh, the first Nash, obviously the Nash, there's a the Nash year. Well, yeah, I mean, that was but one. that one, I was a little less okay. I, I was okay with that one. That one wasn't a big Yeah. Game, I mean, but. yeah, I, I think you you could make a, a case for Nash's first one as like being the best player that year. Even, you know, you can make a case for either one where t- 2001, yeah, and, it's pretty clear Shaq's the best player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I always sort of thought in a lot of ways, and that's why I don't tend to MVP is really used to. I feel like have a, a little bit better of a, a, a look at who was like truly the best player, whereas, you know, in the past, maybe 15 to 20 years and you look at a few different years of, you know, there's like a Malone year where where, you know, there's there's fatigue with certain guys. There's this, there's that. A lot of times what I feel like is who was the biggest story of that year it is a lot of the biggest ways that I look at who's who was a really good player that was a big story that year. Whereas you kind of got a malaise with Shaq. It was like, yeah, he's good. OK, whatever. You, you know what I mean? Where Iverson was a big story and was the big deal and that sort of stuff. And obviously the Nash thing or whatever. So MVPs are kind of I mean, we, we look at it. Shaq only having one MVP. I don't think that makes him any less of an all time great player. 
just because he only had one MVP. As you mentioned, a lot of it is circumstance. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. But yeah, there, there's it's it's hard to really think of MVPs as like the catch-all of that was the best player that year because it's it's not necessarily always that. Yeah, I, I, you know, he definitely could have had um, more MVPs. I mean, or, or you know, um, he had a couple years, but uh, but I do think like I, I, I wouldn't say he's less because he doesn't have those MVPs that maybe he could should have won. But I would say that maybe if the the work ethic had been better um, mm-hmm. sometimes and the focus had been better more of the times, then he probably would have like he would have made such a tremendous case that no one would have been able to vote against him for. Sure. Uh, he, I, I think he would have clearly won multiple MVPs, but because, you know, he didn't where I, I mean, with Kobe having won, there were a couple of years where it's like, oh yeah, he probably should have had it or he definitely could have had it and just didn't, didn't happen. I, right. I, I think Kobe was more of like a, uh, just uh, like there were a lot of guys who deserved it around the time he deserved it too. And they just happened to go to other people for the most part, you know? Um, he had the misfortune playing, you know, with Dirk and LeBron and Duncan and all that. And Shaq, mm-hmm. to a degree, had that too. And he also think he had his own shortcomings where maybe he could have been greater if um, he had put the work in. But there's, he also just had, as you kind of mentioned, he just had those expectations where because he was so big and he was so great, like maybe the greatness he did show wasn't necessarily appreciated because people just expected him to do it all the time. And that's humanly impossible. Yeah. And then the free throws. Well, and the free throws. Can't forget the free throws. Grr, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. so um uh so there's a there's a tidbit in an SI article. Um oh I, I should mention that Kobe was on the second team all NBA in two thousand, also on defensive first team. So he's you know, mm-hmm. he, he's pretty much considered an elite player. And I, I would say is playing that way, you know, in uh two thousand, I think really um you know, it's his first year with his PERs over 20. Um, you know, he's, um, you know, uh, winters per 48 are, um, are 0.202. So he is, I mean, he was a very good player the couple years before then, but I mean, he really is in like premier of the league territory already by 2000. Yeah. He double, he doubles his overall win shares. They go from 5.2 to 10.6. So, I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's a profound leap yeah. of well, well, the year, of, the year of, before, of good serviceable. The year before, well, no, oh yeah, the year before yeah, was lockout uh, year, but but still, I mean, it oh, was true, from but, fifty to sixty six games, so it wasn't actually that much. It wasn't as dramatic of an increase sure. as you might think. So, yeah, and if you if you look at the win shares for forty eight, that that goes up by almost seventy. Yeah, uh, you know, points. So that I mean, that that's yeah, yeah, that's, and he's, that's significant. That was a leap from really good player to you know elite top top tier yeah. you know player and he's at that level you know pretty much the rest of his career i mean he has, he has a couple years where he's way above that he has one sort of down year um you know up until age uh age 30 31 where his this the production at least starts slipping even though you know he's he's still a great player but the you know um the number starts slipping a little bit at, at about that time but for you know for a solid decade he is you know right at this level if not above yeah so um, and, um, there's a story about uh, Kurt Rambis once got into a shouting match with <laughs> Kobe during a timeout. And then finally Rambis screams, fine, do whatever you want to do. And then <laughs> after a playoff loss to the Spurs, uh, Shaq cursed Rambis in the locker room for imposing on him to please join his teammates in a circle, which he, which they, he mentioned well, that's exactly the sort of thing that Phil Jackson is known for. So, um, and there's a later SI article. Um, it is from January of 2000, where they have you know played extremely well, 
And but, you know, saying like, hey, talk of a title in January is especially premature because the Lakers have made a habit of sizzling out or of flaming out in the playoffs. And Rick Fox says, you know, with our history, we can put up all the numbers we want and no one is going to take us seriously until we do it in the playoffs. Rick Fox was always a pretty good quote, which I guess isn't a surprise that he is, of course, now, you know, a good broadcaster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, a good actor, good broadcaster. I mean, I hated him when as a player, but I really like him now as a. Yeah, but <laughs> as a, just, a lot of people hate him as a player. It's just he was just he's annoying. So he was just, or, you know, uh, it was his beauty. It was his beauty that <laughs> got mean, me. No, it was just like uh, I just remember him being kind of like weird and dirty and like you know, kind of you know he'd elbow you here and there, and he always kind of seemed he was he was one of those dudes and and. You have guys that are dirty players and will admit it. I'm a dirty, you know, I do this, I do this. I remember him kind of being like, oh, I didn't do anything. Like, I, that's how it's kind of, I always remember him as like the guy who would sort of elbow somebody and be like, no, I didn't mean to. It just kind of like, that's how I always remember Rick Fox as the player. But I could be completely wrong. That's just maybe what my head thought. But I like him now. He's fine. Yeah, I like, very, I like him as. And it's his beauty. I, like I, I was like, jealous of how he's a very handsome man. So. There's no question <laughs> about that. His eyes. I got lost in his eyes. And, I, I mean, just, it's, it's I understandable. It. That's understandable, Rich. <laughs> and his beautiful hair. Yeah, it, it's it's all it's a good package, you know. Um, so there's a there's another article about Kobe saying like he's not jealous of Shaq or Vince Carter, it, which is funny in retrospect for Vince Carter. But at the time, <laughs> yeah. like Vince Carter was like it was the shit. Yeah, Vince Carter right. was it. Mean, he yeah. was looking like the you know the heir apparent to Jordan in in uh, in some ways just because of just the excitement and the the skill he displayed and. And all that. And um, he says that he's actually it's it's not a problem being overshadowed because he can learn every facet of the game without everyone analyzing every move I make. It's funny how much people wonder about jealousy. Am I jealous of Shaq? Is he jealous of me? Am I jealous of Vince? I'm not about that. And it also gives um, credit to the triangle for helping uh, Shaq and Kobe coexist, which is, you know, another yay triangle. Um, Everyone loves triangle. Not everybody, but some people, most people do. Um, <laughs> and just talking about how like every, there's more movement and more cutting where basically before they dumped the check in the post and now everyone kind of feeds off each other. So I'm sure there's something to that, but I do find it funny sometimes how the triangle is like credit for like, you know, the, the glorious triangle is credit the for magic all, wand, all that yeah. is good. Yes. Um, and you bring Tex Winter in and then you win three titles. That's how it <laughs> there works. You go. So, yeah. And then Lazenby's book says that, you know, kind of Phil d- chose to develop a close relationship with Shaq and not Kobe thought that that Shaq needed that. And he also needed to like not be criticized. So it felt like maybe Jackson took out some of that stuff on um, on Kobe. Um, and then Tex Winter said that he was stunned to discover how much he hate how much uh, Shaq <laughs> hated Kobe um, and, and that Kobe just took it and kept going. Um, said that um, Shaq regularly said that he didn't think that Kobe he told management that he didn't think that the team could win a, a, a championship with Kobe um, and that he, he Winter thought that uh, Kobe made a point to get the ball to Shaq that year, but that O'Neal did not appreciate what Shaq was doing to help him. So, so apparently uh, Tex Winter thought that Kobe thought that Shaq was in the wrong. Where a lot, I would say the team for the most part was more pro Shaq than Kobe, yeah. especially kind of later on. At this point, where are you in the, in the rivalry or who, who would you say, or, or cause I, if we have to pick sides, which I, I don't yeah. know if we necessarily have to, but where are you sort of well, at, at this point? Like, I feel like Shaq is just kind of displaying a, a, a thin skin a lot. That's, that's what I really, I, I came away with, with at this point being like, man, Shaq, you're really kind of being a jerk. Yeah. Like, like Kobe seems like he's, and I'm sure Kobe was, was in his silence or in his, you know, 
I'm sure that was also grinding at people is that, you know, he was still very reserved and very quiet, but he yeah. sort of had a demeanor about him. I'm sure that angered people. But I've always felt like Shaq, when you read quotes and you read these things, is is way more aggressive in the media, you know, slandering Kobe or not, not necessarily slandering him, yeah. but, but sort of, you know. Finding ways to kind of go out of his way to criticize Kobe or, or do that sort of stuff or point at him in the locker room or whatever, where Kobe just seems to kind of be doing his business and, you know, he has a style and, and his way about him that I'm sure annoyed people, but less less transparent, whereas Shaq was just like, I don't like him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, he made it very well known a lot of times that he just did not. There, there was issues there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um so in 2001, they are um, they're actually a bit lackluster in the regular season. They only finish with uh, with 56 wins. They're 21st in the league in defensive rating, which is uh, the worst uh, of any um, championship team. Um, but they they turn on the playoffs. Um, Shaq in in particular um, gets in shape uh, and starts you know um, taking everything out uh, on everybody. They were. Um, they were the number. They ended up actually being the number two seed. Luckily, that year, they a lot of teams were very close that year. Uh, they were actually sixth in the West in a simple rating system, though, which is sort of like a you know is uh, point differential combined with a strength of schedule. And it's funny because the Lakers were considered such like the Sixers were considered such a huge underdog in that series in retrospect, but they both had the same record and a very similar mm-hmm. uh, SRS during the season. So. Um, obviously the East was weaker, but I just found that interesting in, you know, um, in retrospect, um, and, uh, major changes were Horace Grant and Isaiah Ryder, uh, were in and AC green was, um, out that year. As far as, um, roster goes, I I think that was Mark Madsen's first year, although he didn't do much. Devin George was also (laughs) in, he didn't do much. And Tyron Lue was there. He didn't do a whole lot either. So. He got stepped. He got stepped over by. He did. Yeah, that's, that's true. That is. That's um, a big moment. Yeah. That was, so we did need to know that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Shaq's playoffs, as, as you mentioned, were that was a man who just was possessed and just turned. I mean, when when you look at what he did in those playoffs, I'm looking at I'm looking at the game logs right now. Uh, 24 and 20, 20, uh, 32 and 12, 25 and 15, 44 and 21, 43 and 20, 21 and 18, <laughs> 25 and 10, yeah. 28 and 11, 19 and 14, 35 and 17, 19 and 14 is like his worst game, by the way, right. uh, 26 and 10, 44 and 20, 28 and 20, 30 and 12, 34 and 14 and 29 and 13. So yeah, yeah there's a, it's a big surprise they went 13, <laughs> you know, that they, they basically just did not lose yeah, in, in, in the playoffs that in, year. I mean. In 2000, in the finals, he averaged 38-16. Um, and in, uh, in uh, 2001, 33-15 with 4.8 assists. And, um, and then um, 2002, 36-12 and, th- and 3.8. So that's uh, <laughs> that's very good. You know the the game he lost the, the the one game they lost in that entire thing to the, the Sixers is actually would probably would count as as one of Shaq's best games. He had it was forty four and twenty with five assists. Yeah, that sucks. That's like man, like, <laughs> yeah, in in fifty two minutes as well. So uh, no shortage of. Uh, fortunately, it was ten to twenty two from the uh, free throw line that day. Yeah, too. So, well, regardless, um, Shaq good. Yes, <laughs> Shaq good especially, player. Yeah, especially in the finals. I mean, he really like like when like in the big moments, he really did. He, he tended to show up um, you, during this run, which is obviously helped them. A weak East helped them obviously as well. But but it was a tough West. I mean, they I mean, and they smoked the you know they swept the Blazers, the Kings, and the Spurs, the, and all those teams you know were pretty deep and good at that time. You know, the Spurs were obviously a similar team that had won a championship. The Kings were a 
you know, a, a, an emerging team that um, was deep. And, you know, if, you know, if things had gone slightly differently, could have made a finals run. So, um, yeah. And, and, and real quick, I don't want to uh, discount, you know, what Kobe did that thing, uh, you know, that era too. I think he had 13 games over 25 points yeah. or, or at 25 points. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was a, his worst game. He was 15 points and, uh, you know, five assists and three rebounds. So it's, I mean, that, that's not good, but I mean, if that's your worst game, that's, that's probably pretty okay. I mean, he did not have any duds either. Right. I mean, exactly. where, where Shaq was, was supremely dominant, you, you know, Kobe was, was right up there with him. Yeah. Um, they, they start to sort of show a bit of a rift during the season. There's sort of an interview where, you know, Shaq down is sort of talking about, Hey, you know, last year we, this was my team. We started off, you know, we were 67, 15. And then this year we're 23 and 11 playing with no passion, no enthusiasm and no hunger. And then Kobe's like, Hey, I'm not going to tell my game game down. I need to turn it up. I've improved. How are you going to bottle me up? I'd be better off playing somewhere else. And, um, and then Kobe said, you know, um, yes, I trust my teammates. I just trust myself more, you know? And he said, it was true. <laughs> that I don't regret being honest. And, um, the teammates also kind of resent, uh, Kobe. They're apparently, um, employing hand signals to keep the ball away from him. And, uh, Phil is saying that, you know, like, oh, this is juvenile stuff. You know, it's sandbox stuff. You've got my truck and I want it back. Or I'm going to throw sand in my face. It's silly. But, it it clears up pretty quickly, especially as they, you know, play really well down the stretch. Shaq, you know, sort of returns to form. And there's an article about another SI article about how they basically peaked as complimentary parts during this sort of this stretch where they went back from from Shaq's team to Kobe's and without missing a beat. And um, there, there's one really good thing that I think is interesting is that um Kobe, as a rookie, apparently declared that the Lakers would win 10 titles during his career. He was asked during the championship celebration whether he'd like to amend that prediction upward. And he said <laughs> he'd let the estimate stand. So um, and, you know, Jerry West was um, he was uh, having more meeting. He was having meetings like he and Kobe and his agent uh, went to a spaghetti dinner, talked with Kobe for four hours about how to adjust his game to work smoothly with Shaq's and then. Shaq's having phone calls, to, you know, with West telling him, hey, just, you know, be patient with him. He's 22. You know, you just have to deal with it. And um, and there was a sort of a there's a USA Today profile on Kobe, actually more to do with Kobe's prep career, but sort of talking about how he suddenly, you know, he was he was more unselfish and um, just played some great, um, you know, basketball um, down the stretch. And there was a there was a stat you pointed out sort of talking about, you know, um, how Kobe's usage increased during this time. Yeah, yeah. He went uh, – because you know, prior to that, I mean, we have an idea of what we know kind of Kobe Bryant was. And it, it's pretty interesting too. I posted a graph earlier on Twitter looking at uh, Kobe's PR combined with his usage rate and seeing this relationship between Kobe, you know, handling more possessions or being a part of, you know, finishing more possessions versus, you know, how he performs, you know, versus – you know, according to PR or whatever. And unsurprisingly, they're in lockstep. They're like completely a, a, a just a complete relationship between when Kobe shoots more, his PR is a lot better. And that, you know, it wasn't the same for Shaq. Shaq was, uh, you know, helped a little bit, but it wasn't as strong of a relationship as we got with, with Kobe. And that, I mean, that I don't think there's any surprise there that, that Kobe ending more possessions is going to be a better player. We know, you know, now we know what Kobe is and what he would do, but, um, you know, this year was a real telling. This was the real jump from Kobe being, 
you know, and we, and we see that in the quotes. We see that in the things of people saying that they had to kind of keep the ball away from him because this was Kobe turning into the man who was a big part of the offense and was, a, you know, in a lot of ways a focal point of the offense. We have, you know, his usage rate before this, he has 24.7, 27.2, 25.3, 26.8. And then he jumps all the way in this season to 31.8. And now uh, the rest of his career, he has not gone back past 30 except for uh, two years ago. Uh, 13, 14, he had a uh, 28.7, but that was obviously only in six games. I'm sure that would have gotten over to 30, you, you know, over those times. But yeah, we look at that and we look at the real, oh, sorry. He was 29.1 in uh, 0304. So I forgot to mention that one as well. But, uh, yeah, we see a real, um, a, a change in him. And I mean, that, that's when he really became what the Kobe that we, I think all kind of know. And, and, and that probably caused a lot of the issues too, is that he was, he was a shooter. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, he was supremely confident at this point and, and when the ball was in his hands, he was going to do something with it one way or another. And that's, and it might've, <laughs> might've, you know, expediated the, the breakup here, but it was, it was Kobe kind of maturing into what we sort of know him as now. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, basically as the playoffs, you know, went along and as the championship, um, you know, Kobe uh, or Shaq actually referred to Kobe as his idol and the best player in the league by far after, you know, a victory in game one of the Western Conference Finals. So, you know, by the end here, you know, their relationship seems Im- improved, at least publicly. And, you know, I, I, by all accounts that I've seen, they basically don't have any major issues up until 2004. So they, they have another, you know, two seasons of basically, you know, peace between them. Um and um, so I guess winning, at least for a while, healed uh, most of the uh, most of the issues. Um, one fun fact that I um, that I forgot to mention is that Robert Ory became in, in this season, Robert Ory became the second player in NBA history to be a member of back to back title winning teams with two different franchises joining Rodman. So. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah, yeah, that's that's. I'm trying to, yeah, I, I wonder who's even close to that otherwise. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's, yeah. that's a fun little, nice. I, yeah, I mean, I, um, I don't know who else would be in, in that club, but. Um, Second player with back-to-back title-winning teams with two different franchises. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it's rare, a rare error. I wonder if that'll ever happen. I mean, those guys yeah. are really, I mean, it, it's, I wonder if that'll ever happen again. Is there like a guy in this league this year? Because I always sort of felt that way with like, uh. You know, Rory for a while just was the guy, and you know, he went and did it with the the Spurs as well. Where it's just like, I wonder if there's a guy that's like that anymore. That, yeah. that sort of. Well, uh, I guess if uh, if uh, LeBron did it with the Cavs, mm-hmm. we're a long way sure, from there. Yeah. But that would be, you know. <laughs> Or you look at a guy like a Mike Miller or something like that. You know, he maybe goes to the Thunder next year and they win a title. You know, someone, someone yeah, like that. Yeah, like a role player. Of... I mean, they'd have to be. They'd have to come from the 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 Lakers from a couple years ago. Though most of those guys are are pretty sure. old, and or the Heat from the you know from mm-hmm. recently, which those guys are getting pretty old too. So, um, yeah, it would be difficult, but it's certainly not you know it's just not impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the uh, the 0102 season, the uh, Lakers are um, better in the regular season, 58 wins. They're seventh in defensive rating. So what we typically think of a, a championship uh, contender, they um, they um, basically plow through the playoffs, except except for the case of the Kings in the Western Conference Finals, um, where which is a seven game series, sort of infamous in the Game Seven refereeing that a lot of people thought favored the Lakers. Um, and um, and they but they were able to uh, to go and win a championship again, uh, beating the Nets uh, pretty easily in the uh, in, in the postseason uh, and also, you know, ran through the Spurs. I believe this is the um, 
this is the third time they have played the uh, Spurs in the uh, playoffs. In oh, uh, in oh one, they uh, the Lakers swept the Spurs, and then in oh uh, two, they beat them four games to one. So, so head to head, they're up two one now. If you include the ninety nine uh, uh, season, which I don't think there's any reason not to, even though even though there's Phil Jackson uh, not there. I mean, although you know, I guess again, um, uh, Kurt Rambis is a pretty big drop off from Phil Jackson, but. Yeah, <laughs> but I still say it counts. So, um, the uh, the, the biggest change, uh, th- there's a, some rosters shifting. Uh, Horace Grant and Isaiah Ryder Ryder are out. Uh, Samaki Walker and Lindsey Hunter are in. Devin George has a bigger role, and Mitch Richmond actually is in, although he plays uh, very little because uh, yeah, he is, he is he's uh, bad uh, yeah, because he is, he is terrible. He is yes. not good, which is of course sad. But uh, as much as it would be cool that the prime Mitch Richmond came to this Lakers team, yeah. it was a he was thirty six at this point. So um, he did play more minutes than Mark Madsen and Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw was thirty five at this point, so he was uh, he was near the end too, um, and. Um, there's not I mean, not really a whole lot to say about the season. Shaq and Kobe are both first team All NBA from here through 2004 and beyond. Shaq wins his third uh, Finals MVP award. There's a um, there's a little bit of question during the season whether they had the energy to win the third. Shaq had a toe issue that kind of slowed him down for a while, but um, you know everyone basically. Um, uh, you know, it's like uh, you, there's a good quote from K- Chris Gatlin, who played for the Heat at the time, saying the regular season is the preseason to them. They're so far ahead of other teams that they can blow off games and it doesn't affect them in the playoffs. They'll tighten up the ship. And he proved to be correct. And they um, there's also a look at, um, you know, asking who the Lakers third best player is. And they kind of make cases for Derek Fisher, Devin George and Rick Fox before settling on Robert Ori who, because of his rare mix of perimeter shooting and interior defense. And uh, LaFonso Ellis says, Robert just kind of floats along during the regular season. Then as soon as the playoffs start, he's coming up with key defensive plays, and he's in that corner making deep threes. And then there's a sort of a look also after they win the finals, it just basically Shaq just dominate everything that, you know, even Kobe um, was reduced to um, who, who they called the best all-around player in the world, um, these call basically a shy Joe because just Shaq is just taking everything and dominating yeah. everything and just kicking ass throughout that entire series. So, and it did sort of seem as, as we're kind of going through this career path and we're looking at the seasons, it does seem like come playoff time, that was a whole different Lakers team and it could have been, you know, and, and we look at the finals and that could have just be a result of a weak East, but they, they really tore through the Western conference, you know, except for a few notable games. But the reason those games are so notable or those, those series are so notable is that they were, they were against the ropes and it, it just didn't happen that often. It was like come playoff time. Those two were ready to go. The reared up there. And, and that's, that's probably a testament to Phil Jackson as well. I mean, there, I'm sure there were probably games. And we, we see that in today's NBA with, you know, Greg Popovich as well, where maybe there are a few games that it's a good idea to say, Hey, Shaq, you know, don't worry about it. Just, you know, sit out, yeah. relax, rest. And where come playoff time, they were machines. They were just absolutely ready to go and, 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 and fired on all cylinders. I mean, there was, there was no, nobody was even, you know, in their, their league. You have the Kings, you have the Blazers, you have those little ones, but by and large, it was no one's close. I mean, they were, they were just dominant. Yeah, and sort of looking at sort of the numbers for um, Shaq, I mean, he's basically, you know, he he's he has a, you know, um, his first couple years um, on the Lakers, he's 27 PER, 28.8, and then 30.6 uh, for the next two seasons into 2000, then 30.2 in 2001, 29.7 
in 2002 and then 29.5 in 2003 and then drops off in 2004 to 24.4 which is still really good but you know is clearly a a tear down so mm-hmm. you know he's basically when he's playing he is basically at just an incredible level um you know all those seasons um obviously the only thing slowing him down are the um are, are the things and then in the um in the playoffs um He's actually around the same level, actually. I was kind of expecting a little bit of a boost, but I mean, but still playoff competition is generally harder. So it's still pretty impressive for him to be um, right there. Mm-hmm. But he's, um, you know, he's completely kicking ass during those situations, too. So yeah, he was good. Jack was great. <laughs> breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. So breaking news, Shaq. Okay. Yeah. Not, 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 not bad at basketball. Not bad at so. all. So, uh, so I think we're going to take another little break and we are going to talk about, uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about the uh, final years of the uh, Shaq and Kobe Los Angeles Lakers. Do you wish you and Kobe would have handled y'all relationship differently? And if so, how many championships do you think y'all could have won? We, we, we didn't have a bad relationship because we won three out of four championships. That's not a bad relationship at all. Second of all, it was a money situation. I was getting older. They wanted me to take less money. I wasn't going to do that. So they traded to Miami. Uh, Miami. Uh, the way it turned out was the way it was supposed to turn out. No, but I'm thinking, if, I'm just saying, if it, if y'all had to stay together, because the, the relationship was not perfect. I mean, obviously. Yeah, but you know what? But you know what? When in leadership, you either focus on the task or you focus on, on the relationship. I was focusing on the task, and we won three out of four. Don't get no better than that. It doesn't matter how many fights we had, how many scuffles we had. With the best one-two punch ever created, don't get no better than winning three out of four. All right, and we are back, and we are talking about the self-destruction of the Los Angeles Lakers. Maybe that's a little too dramatic. I don't know, but I, I mean, <laughs> no, no, it was pretty. And like we we mentioned in a previous segment, it, it was rapid too. It was it was not a slow burn. It was. A quick, I guess in a lot of ways it was a slow burn because it had been going on basically since they had started. But then you sort of had the resurrection. Everything was all good and everyone was okay. And then, oh, wait, no, no, <laughs> never mind. Everything's awful. We all need to go away and never come back again. Yeah. So it, I'll, I'll go. Self-destruction is okay. I think that's fair. Okay. So they, um, they, in 2003 season, they are 50 and 32. They're the fifth seed, but they, they started 11 and 19. So that is. So that you know, that's like that's like thirty nine and thirteen to finish the season, which is obviously is pretty good. Um, they end up as the fifth seed. They beat the Timberwolves in six in the first round, but they fall to the Spurs in the uh, second round. So the, they're they're tied two to two with the Spurs in the playoffs during this run. So um, I'm keeping track of that for a reason, which we'll, okay. we'll get into when we uh, when we talk about the final series. Um, almost the exact same roster as the previous year. Um, not any significant changes that, um, you see, um, yeah, even in role. I, Brian Shaw stayed around for another year. I guess he was, yeah, I forgot. I forgot he was on that last team. He was, uh, he, he, you know, 36, I guess, you know, the, the magic of the triangle. He knew the triangle so well, you know, <laughs> he did. that he, um, and it's parlayed into a great NBA coaching career. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, that's, I mean, it's the extra years paid I off. I mean, he, he was a great assistant coach. Head coach, not so good. That is Head true. Coach, I will not, that. Yeah. It's a strong reputation, but there was some weirdness there. Who knows what happened there? But, um, and uh, so this is the Shaq was infamous here for he had a degenerative arthritis on his toe, but decided to wait and have surgery instead of having it right at the end of the offseason. He waited to 
right before the Lakers training camp began, having the famous line of, I got hurt on company time, so I'll rehab on company time, which is a, um, a interesting perspective to have. Um, and um, there was uh, it, there wasn't a whole lot written of, of interest during the season because they, they didn't really necessarily have like a big, you know, t- to do Shaq and Kobe themselves. But there is talk about like, you know, maybe, hey, maybe the Lakers are kind of sick of playing with each other. Um, you know, there's a quote from an SI piece of, you know, Brian and Island unto himself has stung his teammates with insults about their play, even as his own, while often incandescent, has occasionally been an impediment given his tendency to try to win games by himself. So there's sort of that that narrative that really would be throughout Kobe's career is like he's really, really great, but occasionally he's his own worst enemy because he just tries to take all these really, really hard shots that, he, yeah. that he's great. And he can make them, but sometimes they take his team out of games. So. Um, and, you know, Shaq didn't play real well for a while and, and they looked like they were going to kind of put it together and then, you know, they ran into a better Spurs team that, um, that, um, oh, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking that the uh, Lakers had Robert Ory this season, but it actually wasn't, in, or that, I'm sorry, that the Spurs had Robert Ory this season, but it wasn't until the next season that they actually, yeah, yeah, that Ory. was, so, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, so they was he still he was still on the Lakers this year then because he went straight from there to the Lakers to the Spurs. Yeah, he right? went to the no, Spurs. Uh, is there another? He in went to the Spurs in 04. So I okay, I, I okay, was, that I, makes I, sense. I was I was a year off. So, um, so yeah, so that's there's not really all that much um to it other than that they were um 19th in the league in defensive rating. So they kind of slipped on that end again. Um, and you know their core guy or their core core role player guys were I guess were getting a bit older because Ori was 32, Rick Fox is 33. Brian Shaw, as we mentioned, is 36. Um, Brian Kobe's 24. Uh, Fisher's 28. So they're pretty young. Shaq's 30. Um, and Devin George is, has a bigger role in his 25. And Samaki Walker's 26, but he wasn't really all that good. So Devin George was okay, I guess. You know, but um, but it is weird. Like it is sort of weird, I guess, because we like think of like title teams having better third fourth and fifth players and i guess they were more just guys who knew their roles as opposed to like producing sure. a lot and that's what i always felt about like a rick fox or whatever who was i mean you know take rick fox out of that team. I, I don't know how great rick fox is you know as, as a as an all-around player but just fit that role perfect Derek fisher was one who who i think always was really good at just complimenting you know the guys around him never was ever i thought a great player or a really good player but always was very very good at saying okay what do you need from me what do you want you know uh, mark madsen's a guy uh, you know again that you, you look at and he's he just fit into the role perfect and and you know you have a little bit younger players you know you have a kareem rush i think comes up this year and a few younger guys so they, they had started to kind of Get there, but yeah, it's 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 sort of weird. You always kind of forget about this year, this kind of lost Lakers year, because I always kind of assumed there was titles. Then there was the, you know, um, the the team we'll talk about next. But I, I always forget that this team exists too, where it was just kind of a whimper, and it was just like, oh, all right, well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, so a couple big things happen in the in the off season between and before two thousand and four. Uh, the Lakers signed Gary Payton and Carl Malone. Um, who, um, you know, of course, both Hall of Famers who had not, ever, you know, had not won championships um, before, and they decide to, um, uh, you know, uh, Carmelo leaves the Jazz and goes to the hated Lakers, which is, you know, was was pretty shocking at the time. Um, and they, they both signed for like you know, league minimum, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly enough, I had forgotten that Gary Payton actually led the team in minutes, like he because uh, Shaq, Shaq <laughs> played sixty-seven games. Uh, yeah. Kobe only played 64 or 65. A lot of that is because of um, 
well, the other major news of the year is that he is under uh, sexual assault charges and he's has to go to Colorado a lot for legal proceedings. And they, of course, take a lot of his attention and um, force him to miss games and practices and um, and such, although he performs awesomely still um, despite that. Um, those for I'm sure everyone listening to this knows this, but just for the sake of completeness, these charges end up eventually being being dropped um, right. during the uh, there's, there's a trial, but it ends prematurely as the charges are dropped. But um, but anyway, so um, uh, but that is, you know, that happens throughout the throughout the year. Um, and um, Robert Ory is the only major player to um have left at this point uh well i guess brian shaw is a um he is an assistant coach he is in play but he's not a major role and horace grant is back so he was gone for oh, good for one season but then he came back um and they had luke walton brian cook uh byron russell um but none of those guys who do a whole lot for um for them um and there's also already sign of tension in the preseason um Kobe's late reporting to training camp in Hawaii because of league obligations. And Shaq says, oh, the full team is here. Um, and then one big thing is that Kobe is talking loudly about the fact that he might opt out of the final years of his contract and become a free agent. And Shaq isn't thrilled about that. Um, and um, one issue also is that um, Malone and Peyton have both been conciliatory toward Kobe, but... Shaq and Malone and Peyton are very close and sort of act a little bit like the three amigos. So that maybe um, divides them a little bit from, um, you know, the younger Kobe who's insular already and doesn't really sure. around with guys and um, has that issue. So, um, and that, that was always the thing too. If, if I don't know if we've mentioned it or if we're going to mention it, Kobe was always a, very reserved about, you know, stuff in terms of like, you know, hanging out with the guys after games, you know, doing stuff on the team planes, you know, going to dinners, going to the, he was never really interested in doing all that. And, and, and that, that was always a point of contention for a lot of people too, is that yeah. he was a very, as you mentioned, insular guy kept to himself very quiet. And that might've been a big reason why people got, you know, upset with him is that he was so kind of weird or I don't want to say weird. Weird is not the word, but just like different from what they kind of assumed you should be. I mean, everybody, everybody's doing this and you're doing that, you, you know? We're all here and you're there is always sort of the mentality you seem to get with Kobe. And yeah, it, exactly. And, um, you know, there is, um, you know, there, there's a there's a big issue where there's a bunch of sniping during the pre- preseason and early in the season. And finally, Phil is like, OK, enough. Everyone needs to shut up about this and everyone needs to be cool. And then the first thing that Kobe does was go to Jim Gray and does like a big interview where, you know, he attacks <laughs> Shaq, calls him fat out and out of shape and um you know they um and and both Shaq and Kobe are have the potential to be free agents um Shaq of course is the uh you know is probably gonna have the last big contract of his career while Kobe's about in his prime so there's just you know there's a lot of tension about them being the man about you know all this business stuff getting or and then Kobe is he he according to Shaq's book he stands up with um at Shaq and says, Hey, you always said you're my big brother. And then you didn't even call me when this Colorado thing happens. Um, and you know, he said, you know, I thought you'd support me and be, you're supposed to be my friend. And then Brian Shaw says like, Hey, Kobe, why would you think that any of us would be your friend? You know, Shaq at all these parties and you never showed up for any of them. We invited you to dinner on the road and you didn't come. Shaq invited you to his wedding and you weren't there. Then you got married and didn't invite any of us. And now you're in the middle of this problem, this sensitive situation. And now you want all of us to step up for you. We don't even know you, which I think is just sort of a, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a real 
that's a knife in the. Uh, <laughs> that's a really interesting look at sort of yeah. their dynamic, you know, and look at like you know what, you know how Kobe kind of acted at the time, and you know, I mean, there was a talk like for like a little while where like you know Kobe was actually kind of part of it and would you know play cards with guys and would you know do kind of that that kind of thing, but then that didn't last for very long or what, you know, he I it, it's always funny because like Kobe would always like there would be sort of the narratives of like, Oh, they're getting along better. And like, Oh, they're, you know, um, you know, Kobe's deferring like he should, or Kobe's taking the thing. And, and Kobe would always like undercut that a little bit, like with the things he would say, it's like, eh, hey, well, you know, you know, it's not really like that. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny how, um, how that would be, it, you know, it was a big mess pretty much throughout the, um, the whole season. And then, and, and those Lakers, I mean, it, you know, um, they do, you know, they, they run through the Rockets. They, they beat the Spurs in six games. They beat the Timberwolves in six games who were really good that season. You know, that was like the, the best Kevin Garnett season where they had Sam Cassell and Latrell Spearwell and were really great. And then, um, they were heavily favored against the Pistons, but then ended up losing to the Pistons in, um, in five games and, um, you know, all broke apart. Um, Malone got hurt about halfway through the year, the first serious injury of his career. And maybe if he had been healthy, things would have been different. But, um, you know, obviously the egos were a big part of why that all um, fell apart. And, um, uh, you know, I don't know. What do you have to add about the uh, the whole thing? Yeah, that team is always an interesting case for me because it, it's we sort of look at it and like, oh, it was a flood or, you know, yeah, that, that wasn't going to work ever. But I mean, they were a pretty decent team, you, you know, up until those playoffs and really up until those NBA finals. I mean, you could kind of see some some issues, you know, sort of starting that, that there was going to be problems. But really, by and large, I don't I don't think it was really a failed thing. I think it, it was a really good I mean, Malone getting hurt is a big deal, I think, too. And and those guys really seem to age rapidly. And, and I guess you could have seen that. I mean, I'm not going to necessarily say that that's not, you know. Yeah. I mean, they were 35. They, they should have seen they that. They were coming. 35 and 40. So, but, right. I yeah. mean, you should have seen that coming. But it seemed to be like a Malone. And you talk about Malone. Like you said, it was the first serious injury of his career. I mean, there was yeah. one thing that they could kind of hang their hat on. And it was like, yeah, Carl Malone will probably be, you know, a yeah. pretty, you know, reliable player. And Gary Payton at that point had, you know, rarely been, you know, yeah. seriously I, hurt he or whatever. Really, then, he was still really. Payton was really good, or well, he was productive that year. But he had I, I, there's a lot about um, written in Phil Jackson's book about how much trouble he mm-hmm. had with the triangle. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you, I think you could kind of sense that if you watch a lot of the highlights of their games and stuff. That 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 wasn't his style, and that wasn't. Yeah. It was in a way, it was. I don't want to call it a flawed experiment because it, I don't know if it necessarily was. I mean, getting to the NBA Finals, I never assume, I never really yeah. count as like it's, a flaw or whatever. Yeah. But there was there was issues of hey, let's just put these two guys together and see how it works, and and you know it it. But it's it's you know I, I always have trouble saying that you know they failed at any point because you get to the NBA Finals that's a big deal I mean that's really really you know hard to do and and, and but and and they went they ran up to a juggernaut that that Pistons team was awesome I mean that I mean Rasheed Wallace really playing All Star level yeah. and 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 Billups playing at an All Star level and Tayshawn Prince filling his role perfectly and and Richard Hamilton filling his I mean that that really really was you know, and impressive how they could come together and do that. So, yeah. and production, production wise, Peyton was about played about as well as he had the previous season, but not as well as he had, um, you know, like, um, obviously earlier in his career, but he was, he was still like a pretty good player, but he was no longer like a, you know, he was no longer like a Supreme all-star player, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, right. I mean, like, like, you know, people like to sort of talk about like that first heat team that lost in the finals to the, um, the, the first LeBron heat team that lost in the finals to the Mavericks. And, 
And it's always like, yeah, where they lost. It's like another one of those things where those expectations are just so high that like anything yeah. other than a championship is like a failure. And it's like, well, I mean, it's not quite a failure. I mean, it's still like really great, you know. I mean, um, so, so yeah, I um, so uh, you know, right after that happens, um, Phil Phil leaves. He, actually, I guess technically he was fired. Um, and uh there was yeah he was technically it was it was kind of amicable but yeah it, it was, was amicable he was ready to leave too but but you know and um was genie bus his wife at this point no 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 they, they were together though but they were not married okay so um, that's got to be awkward. yeah <laughs> i'm firing your boyfriend yeah. in case uh, i mean they both wanted yeah, they awkward. both wanted him to go you know and yeah um um shack of course is traded and then a couple uh, just a few days after that then uh kobe resigns uh you know for uh for a max contract um and one thing i I forgot i don't think we mentioned it with the series i don't know if you were going to mention it sorry if you were but uh a a lot of the issues too and you talk uh there was a interview that shack did on inside the nba not that long ago where he talks about this rivalry and talks about this year in particular and says that one of the big points of contention with him was that the lakers didn't want to pay him that he wanted to make you know his big money and the lakers weren't interested in doing that 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 you know they sort of thought that he was old that he was broken down and that kobe was going to be their guy and shack always sort of I, he always had that sort of like harbored some ill will towards the organization at that point too, that they weren't really committed to him as getting a big contract or being, you know, getting that next yeah. contract that he wanted to get. And, and that, that I think was another part of it. There was a it, lot it, of stuff. It that was definitely part of it. Yep. I mean, there's so much stuff in there that, that, that really, I mean, you, you, it's, to me, it's amazing that they got as far as they got to when you have, you, you know, combine two new players, I got, you know, one of the new players, you know, out for half of the year, you have your, your, your one star player is, is in and out of the town, you know, because he's, he's under investigation for sexual assault. You have Shaq worried about his contract. You have Phil Jackson with one foot out of the door. I mean, there's so much, in there it's it's insane yeah how much they did and for them to still make it to five games in the nba finals is like to call that a failure is just insane i mean that's absolutely i mean yeah i mean they overcame so much to just get to that point um well two things first yeah i mean i you know there was definitely some signs of slippage with Shaq. i mean he was 31 he, he his numbers were down. Um, it, uh, you know, it, he went from a twenty nine point five PER to twenty four point four PER um, in about the same number of games and minutes. Um, he would actually bounce. He would kind of bounce a little bit up and down um, over the next uh, few years. Um, he had a real down year in '08, but then bounced back in '09. Um, you know, at age thirty six in Phoenix, um, and then. Um, and, and then in, <laughs> and then the Boston and, and with Cleveland and Boston, which he was still like, you know, um, I mean, he was still pretty good, but he was definitely on his last legs there. So if, yeah. if they had signed him to a five year and the big cactus and the big cactus you know, as well, yeah, lest we forget the big. Cactus, right. I mean, so. if they had signed him to five years, which we should probably forget. He, so. Right. If they had signed him to five years, he probably actually would have. I mean, certainly those first two or three yeah. years, he would have still been pretty great. And then I mean, I, I get their justification right. that I would probably if I had to make that same decision, I would have probably picked Kobe over Shaq. And, and that's yeah. I mean, I love Shaq. I mean, Shaq's one of my favorite sure. players of all time, and, and and you know, personality-wise, completely in a bubble. You know, I probably wouldn't. I mean, that that <laughs> no, but, right. But, I mean, that's a tough call because Kobe is just such like. I mean, his role in breaking up that team. I mean, there was more to it than that. There was Shaq Siegel, there was Phil Jackson Siegel, there was a lot of yeah. egos. But um, I mean, the fact that he, you know, like I mean, like I mean, if, if Kobe had like been a little more conciliatory and been like, oh, you know, you we need we need Shaq back and all that. Like, you know, it was willing to like kind of share the credit and not be like I think he would have eventually like been like the guy. I think he would have gotten the credit anyway as Shaq sort of faded in like Yeah. You know, like I think that would have been okay for him. But um I mean it ended up working out for him and the Lakers in the end anyway. I mean they won another two championships or whatever. But but sure. I mean that maybe Kobe Shaq becomes, you know, 
one of you know on close to a level with the um Lakers di- I'm sorry with the um the Bulls dynasty the Celtics sure. dynasty you know um as far as greatest of all time rather than just you know like still really great but not quite in that level because it just didn't have longevity yeah i mean yeah it's, it's hard to say exactly what would have happened but yeah I, I sort of think that that you know as a, as a tandem there's probably one or two more titles in there but there's i mean that's that's in a vacuum i mean i don't think that you could have brought that back i, I don't know what you could have done that next year that would have it seemed like everything was kind of just like we're kind of done with each other and 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 like you said it really worked out for both parties i mean you know, Shaq ended up going and winning his title with Dwayne Wade and ended up kind of, you know, being doing what he did. And, you know, obviously he was brought in as, as sort of the, the last, you know, straw for a few guys. You know, Cleveland brought him in for that one guy that LeBron needed. And, you know, the Phoenix, you know, completely changed their franchise around getting him and, and all that sort of stuff. So it, it was cool for him to kind of have that little post part of his career. Right. And then it was cool to have Kobe to have his little part where it was like, OK, look, yeah, Kobe as the best player on the title team can win a title as well where, you know, he wasn't that before. So it, it worked out for both. But, yeah, it is always kind of an interesting you know, study or, or, or thought of, of what really could have happened had they, you know, both gotten together one more time, but sure. or a few more times. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to say because then you look at roster construction and you know, do you do you keep Peyton and Malone? I mean, like, what do you do? I, it's it's so hard to say what you really do. Right. Well, you know, I think the interesting thing is also is that, um, like, really the only two moves that the late that benefited the Lakers in terms of their next championship that you know, wouldn't have happened without Shaq being there are um, Lamar Odom and the Bynum draft. Yeah, I mean, right. Everything else was, I mean, they wouldn't have gotten this all, but I, what I mean is they could have, you know, like, I feel like they could have built, they still were fine as far as building a great team around around Kobe and Shaq. It'd be just based on, you know, who they had, you know, the success they had before with a lot of different parts, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, who, who knows? Obviously. And, you know, the Eagles made it not work anyway. But, um, I, you know, it, it just is interesting that um, how, what kind of a crazy thing that is that, um, you know, it just didn't work out because like, hey, they didn't get along. Not not really for any like good basketball reason. Um, but that's what happens. I mean, I mean, it's not the only case of that, but it, it's definitely like the highest profile case of that. I would Sure. Guess. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so they ended up, you know, um, so afterward, you know, they kind of spent years trading comments in the press, uh, having hyped up matchups. The fear sort of died down as Kobe, you know, led his team to titles. Shaq Star faded. Uh, and I, I think it's interesting, sort of like the public perception of it or even the media perception of it, where, like, I think Kobe was the villain in 04. And then I think more people have kind of come around to Kobe's side of it a little bit more and less to Shaq's side. I think maybe mm-hmm. the way they've conducted themselves in public helps with that a little bit. Um, you know, Shaq had his the freestyle rap in uh, 2009 <laughs> that went viral where, you know, um, uh, where he's that's the ass taste. Right, one, yes, 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 yes. There's no and including there's the no non-verbal it, it, way to say that, you know. No, I mean, that's yeah. that's the ass taste. Right. You know, Kobe, how's my ass taste? Yes. Freestyle. So, that yeah. and, and then insinuating that Kobe, you know, caused his divorce and a bunch of other right. fun stuff. Yeah, that well, was so. there was another issue with them kind of personally where Kobe like it came out that Kobe had sort of told the cops about like what Shaq was doing, like on the, um, you know, um, that he was cheating on his wife. And Jack was like at, 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 at the time yeah, at the time, Jack was like, you know, I 
you know, you don't, Kobe doesn't even know me. Like he wouldn't even know any of that kind of thing. So, right. but they, they sort of reconciled, you know, here and there, they, they kind of trade saying nice things to each other and sort of undercutting each other. Uh, most famously, they shared MVP honors in 2009. Um, and, um, at the All Star Game, and uh, and Kobe said, "You know, we're not going to the back of the room to watch Steel Magnolias or anything like that, <laughs> but we had a good time. That's all." Um, and Kobe set up a few of Shaq's scores, and Shaq said, "It felt like old times. I missed those times. He was really looking for me." And then Phil having his line cu- cutting down Shaq a little bit, saying, "That's the first time I've ever seen an, an MVP that played 11 minutes in an All Star Game." <laughs> <laughs> so and then they had in 2013 Shaq's Lakers jersey was retired. I think it was funny that um in 2012 when he when he signed with the Celtics, the Celtics like after Kobe had won his fifth title like and, and he said something about like oh I finally passed Shaq. Like the first thing that the you know the Celtics owner said was like okay, let's go get Shaq and bring him in right. and, and try to make that run. Of course it didn't work out so much. Oh, well, they, mm. they did okay against the Heat. I mean, they came pretty close, but um, but by then, Shaq, I don't think was even playing much. You know, no, he, he yeah, was here most of that year. But anyway, um, and um, yeah, I thought. Do we, do we talk about their uh, their matchups? Their uh, their post, you know, their Christmas game oh, matchups sure, that sure. they had a bunch yeah, of times. I, yeah, well, that, that's. And then I'll close it with one thing that that Kobe said that I think was pretty good. But yeah, you talk about that. Yeah, but no, obviously the, you, the big one is the, the heavily hyped, heavily heavily hyped Christmas 2004 one. I remember even I had non basketball. And, you know, family, I remember watching it on Christmas Day and people were like, we got to watch this. Like, like people that have no idea about basketball, don't care about basketball, just the drama of it. The, the, you know, it was, I think New York, uh, it, all the New York papers had it as like a lead. It wasn't even a sports story. It was like a lead story for stuff. It was like a news story to, to so many people. So it's just, it, it's funny how it was. And obviously that was a huge hyped game. Christmas 2004. Uh, it was the highest regular season television ratings for the NBA. Um, since 1998, so obviously since you know the heyday of the NBA's popularity, uh, and would hold that spot for another four years until the 2008 Christmas Day game between the Lakers and the Celtics, and and now obviously there's been a few other matchups, and the Heat have, have definitely aided in that. But that was a huge game, if you remember. That was a pop culture, you know, to see what are they going to do when they have to, you know, exchange, you know, at the beginning of the game, are they going to hug? Are they going to they're going to just ignore each other? Are they going to start a huge brawl? And then they, I think they just did like a fist pump where they both looked the opposite direction. So it was, <laughs> it was a little bit lackluster. And I think the next year they didn't like touch hands or something. And then everybody was like, what happened? And Kobe was like, oh, I just didn't care. I didn't think of it, which I don't necessarily believe that, but I don't know what happened there. But they always, that was always the biggest thing. It was like, Ooh, what are they going to like? How are they going to meet each other? And then after that, they just kind of hugged like normal people. Yeah. And it didn't really, it, but it, that first game I remember was like, Ooh, what are they going to do? And I was like, Oh, Oh. <laughs> they just fist bumped. Oh, yeah. all right. It, <laughs> like they just there, there was a hard Shaq hit him with a hard foul at one point. No, like yes, really hard, that, yeah. but you know, like a a, a strong foul. But mm-hmm. and that was always the thing too is 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 you could hear the crowd sort of erupt every time Kobe like drove and there was Shaq only there and they're like, oh, like what's gonna happen? And it was like you know Shaq had fouls, but yeah, it wasn't like the I'm gonna tackle you and then we're gonna start a huge brawl. It was just kind of you know business as usual. But sure. everybody had their grandiose ideas of what they thought like a drag out you know brawl, but it. Unfortunately, did not happen. No, so. no. So um, I think I, you know, Kobe talking about how um, you know the end of their uh, of of them playing together. Um, he said it was inevitable. You can't expect Michael to play with Wilt for his entire career. That's just not going to work. I had too much talent and too much to showcase. And then there was a challenge issued by him about me not being able to win without him. That's a challenge I couldn't pass. That's from a Mark Spears uh, column at Yahoo from uh, 2013, which is when Shaq's Lakers jersey retired. So I, I and that's a pretty good sum up of you know the 
the motivations there. I mean, everyone kind of spent like a lot of time sort of downplaying it being personal and talking about more just sort of like, you know, it was business. Like Phil Jackson is saying, oh, it was more business that Jack didn't come back. It was, you know, they've all kind of spent the year sort of revising that history a little bit or, you know, just changing the reasons in their mind or, or, or whatever. It's definitely what was said at the time versus kind of what was said later, it, it was definitely different. But of course they're, you know, they, they always blame the, the media narratives, the media for making a story. It wasn't really a story. It was the media who, who you know, did it. But, um, but anyway, yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting look, interesting era. Of course, you know, Kobe went on the, the Lakers struggled for a couple of seasons. Um, then, you know, made some playoff runs, but, you know, couldn't really get too far and then made the Pau Gasol trade and, uh, you know, became a championship Nicholas again. Um, you know, Phil, Phil coming back after a season and Phil and Kobe together having another strong run. So, um, you know, so, so Kobe did what he said, you know, maybe he didn't, didn't have as many championships as he would have had, had uh, Shaq been there. But, um, although, you know, who knows? I mean, um, without, if they have Shaq, they don't get Gasol and they don't, they don't, they don't stay as strong later on. So, right. uh, it, it's hard to say, but, um, but yeah. Oh, and I guess, you know, the, um, the, the thing about the Spurs, I just, I wanted to mention that I, I thought oh, it was yeah. interesting that, you know, it was, it was only, like a three-two advantage for the Spurs or for the Lakers head-to-head against the Spurs during that time, and you know the the Lakers won three championships, the Spurs won two championships. You know during the same time, like I always kind of think of like the perception of that is the Lakers, you know, dominated and it was one-sided, and a couple of the the playoff things were definitely you know complete dominations on the Lakers' part. But you know it was really you know like I feel like it was kind of a close rivalry when you know when the perception of it was the Lakers sort of destroyed it. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, and, and we sort of, yeah, no, that is, that is, that is really interesting. Yeah. Cause we sort of, yeah, that, that's, I wouldn't have thought that I really wouldn't. Cause I mean, you win those three titles in a row. You do, you know, a lot, of, you would think, but yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. And th- those teams are kind of, I always really, you know, you had your little blips there and there with the, the, the Kings who were, who were a lot of fun, you know, the Blazers or whatever, but that was really the real rivalry. Even if those games were, you know, not the most exciting, you know, games between those two, that's what I always remembered of, of being the real one team that you said, you know, okay, oh, if the Lakers are going to lose to anybody in the playoffs, it's going to be these guys. And, and, you know, sometimes it happened. Yeah, and, 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 yeah. and, and Duncan and, and Shaq was kind of a matchup. I mean, you know, even sure. though, you know, center power forward or, or whatever, you know, they're still both. Yeah, and men. Robinson could do an okay job against him. Yeah. Too. I mean, Robinson was one of the other guys who could really strength-wise, you know, handle Shaq. Right. Where a lot of other guys couldn't. I mean, you really needed a bo- a bull out there to, to guard Shaq. And, and Robinson was sort of that, but you know, he had sort of he aged quickly after a little while too. But he had a few years where he was able to kind of do, do you know work against Shaq a little bit, or at least you know stop him slightly, but as much as you can at that era of Shaq. So exactly, exactly. All right. Well, Rich, you got anything else? That is it for me. No, I think we've done a a good job covering this feud and and everything else that uh, came with it. So I'm excited about this and and Kobe Week and all the good stuff that came with it. So yeah, I, I yeah obviously um, uh, thanks for everyone for uh, checking us out and um, and of course uh, you can find us at thepodiumgame.com. Um, we are also uh, you can find us on the Hardwood Paroxysm um, iTunes feed. Uh, just uh, search for Hardwood Paroxysm. We are one of the many fine shows that are part of the. Uh, podium game and um and of course check out hard paroxysm and all of the uh, sister sites for uh some great um look at uh at kobe bryant and his career and all all different sorts of uh fun things as part of kobe week um 
So uh, you can check us out on Twitter um, at Over and Back NBA, and also Facebook at the uh, at the same uh, address. And you can also check out we uh, have a w- website Over and Back um, NBA dot com where we. Uh, Post occasionally, we're still kind of working on that, but we're um, but we're uh, posting links to shows and some other things here and there. So uh, so please uh, check that out as well. Did I forget anything, Rich? I think that's it. I think you got it. All right, Rich. Well, uh, thanks again for uh, talking some uh, classic NBA with me. It's uh, always fun. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, listeners, uh, thanks for uh, checking us out. Uh, oh, you also, if you want to. Uh, Leave a comment uh, at um, at thepodiumgame.com or, you know, uh, leave a comment on Twitter or Facebook or uh, leave a rating review on iTunes. That would be uh, totally awesome. We would uh, be very happy to have that. And uh, until next time, uh, uh, see you later. I'm not the kind of person who come here to say what you like. I'm going to tell you the truth whether you like it or not. Can I prove it? Yes. No more days like those. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.